Hello and welcome to another episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. My name is Joel Moran and I'm here with Rev. This is now episode 48. And in this episode, we're going to be talking about the ESPN Top 100 list, the worst and best parts of the list. Then we're going to talk about Zach Levine and give our pick for which second year player will have a breakout year. Then we're going to transition to the Kyrie Irving media dilemma. And then we're going to be answering the question of if LeBron really did win the two hardest championships in NBA history. Then to finish off the show, we're going to talk about Russell Westbrook, the Timberwolves, LaMelo Ball, Killian Hayes, and Cade Cunningham. So and if, if you guys are watching now, you can probably see that Jack is not with us today. That's because uh, I believe his mom tested positive for COVID, so we're praying that she's feeling better. And now Jack has to be on a 14-day quarantine. He's in the chat right now. So if you guys could put some praying hand emojis for Jack, and hopefully he feels better after his quarantine period is done. But yeah, I mean, I know this episode, we're going to be debating a lot, you and I, Riv, because you feel differently about this LeBron thing. I don't know why. You have some sort of hate and animosity uh, towards LeBron. I'm a Bulls fan, you know? We hate him. I don't think Bulls fans hate him. I hate him because he always beats us. Not I hate LeBron, the competitor. But we'll, we'll get to that. We'll get to that soon. Let's 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 start it off with something. A list I really hate every year. Okay, so as you guys all know, the ESPN Top 100 list recently came out. And before we get into the list per se, one just it's a horrible list. Oh yeah. Outside of the top ten, probably it's a horrible list. I, I mean, the top one 10. and two was LeBron and AD. Like I, I said it here on the podcast. Yeah, but you're contradicting yourself because you're saying it's a no. Horrible I said list. outside of the top ten. No, I feel like the top ten. I mean, the top ten, they had the top ten people right, and I feel like the orders you can mix and match with anybody. You had LeBron and AD top two, so that list would help you in the favor. I, I feel a little differently about the list, but outside of the top ten. The list is just horrible. Like, it's Zion's too high. I feel like Lonzo Ball was too high. Zach Levine was too low. Yeah. Before we talk about the list, I was trying to look at the list, and I couldn't because you need ESPN+. I did have one. You should have asked me before. And this is the first thing I think that ESPN is doing wrong is that they're making people pay to read some of their articles. Yeah. And I think... If you want people to pay for your stuff, you actually have to have good stuff because it's obvious to everybody that you're just clickbaity and you just want people to have a reaction to it. Mm -hmm. Like, yes, people are talking about the list, but I read I saw the list from somebody that was tweeting it. And somebody tweeted it and said, for you guys that don't have ESPN Plus, here's a list. That's how I got the list. And I, I guarantee a lot of people are doing that because nobody is paying for something that they feel is not great content. Yeah. And that's where I think ESPN is going wrong. You shouldn't really have to pay to read some articles, yeah, that's to be honest, especially a list. A bad one at that. So, okay, we're going to get started, and we're going to talk <clears throat> about the list. This is my first problem I have with the list. You have and the list in front of you? I have the list in front of me. The first problem I have with the list is that LaMarcus Aldridge is ranked 95th. When I saw LaMarcus Aldridge ranked 95th, I was like, oh, wow. Okay, this okay. is going to be bad. He averaged 19-7, shot 49% from the, from the field, 38% from three. Seth Curry, Patrick Beverly, Joe Ingles, KCP, mm. Robert Covington are all ahead of him. Mm. And you know I love P.J. Tucker. 
He wasn't on the list. He PJ Tucker was ahead of Lamarcus Aldridge on the list. What number? The, I know PJ Tucker was ahead of Seth Curry, Beverly Ingles, and KCP. Seth Curry was ahead of Demar Derozan. Seth Curry, yeah. And this is what I'm saying. PJ Tucker. I mean, PJ Tucker was 70, 72nd on the list. Mm-hmm. As much as I love PJ Tucker, this list is supposed to be who's going to be top one hundred in this upcoming season, right? PJ Tucker is thirty six, so you can't bank on him like, stride, like yeah. making a big stride. So how is he over not only Lamarcus but he's over Demar Derozan? It's pretty idiotic. <laughs> I would think you would be a little happy that PJ Tucker is at seventy six because you know you're a PJ Tucker fan. I don't think there's ninety five players in the league better than Lamarcus Aldridge. That's just my opinion. I think you can probably sneak him in there in the seventies. I I feel like he's very underrated just because he plays for San Antonio and San Antonio plays a different brand of basketball. I don't think there's seventy players better than Demar Derozan. I think Demar Derozan, is, even though he ha- he doesn't put up the twenty seven twenty he puts in Toronto. He is still a top 40, top 50, maybe even top 30 player in the NBA. So for him to be lower than Seth Curry and people like Lonzo Ball, I didn't I didn't quite understand that. My biggest problem was Zion. Your biggest problem was Zion? Yeah. I, I feel like Zion was way, way too high. That was extreme number. I think he was at like 19. He's over Paul George, yeah, come Jamal on. Murray, Bradley Beal, Carl Anthony Towns, Kyrie, Gobert, McCollum, and Westbrook. Now, this is what I'm going to be honest. I'm fine with him being over Gobert. I'm fine with him being over CJ. Okay. I'm fine with him being over Westbrook to an extent. PG and Murray, I'm fine with, and Brad Beal. I'm really not fi- I'm not fine with Kat and Kyrie because... They're, this list was based off the assumption of how good will they be this upcoming season. So they're guessing. So they're guessing that Zion will be better than all these players. And based off how in the 24 games that he played where he averaged 24, if he even improves off of that this upcoming season, right. Zion could be a top 20 player. So I'm not too mad at that. I think if 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 what I was, because I guess we have, what I thought they were basing the list off of is after last year. No, they're basing the list so off if, of like who's going to be top one hundred after the twenty 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 one season. Okay, so if they're if they're doing it off that, I guess that makes sense because they're going off the small sample size of the games he played. So it, it would make sense. He's projected to do that well, but even still, t- to say he would be higher than Bradley Beal, who's probably going to put up around the same numbers as he did last year, that's a little stretch. I mean. The the list is weird because then if that's the case, you're saying Seth Curry is going to be better than DeMar DeRozan. And then you're going to say Lonzo Ball is going to be better than Zach Levine. I don't see Lonzo Ball. I don't see any projection of Lonzo Ball being great next year, especially now that they have Eric Bledsoe. So I, I don't I don't see how that makes sense. I think Zach Levine is probably going to put up. And this is not me being a Bulls fan. I think he's just probably going to put up the same numbers he put up last year, around 24-4-4. He's probably going to do the same thing. And I don't see Seth Curry putting up any better numbers than what he put up last year compared to DeMar DeRozan's 20-22 that he's going to put up next year. So I, if that's what they're doing, it, the list doesn't make sense. For Design ranking, I'm not too mad at. But this is where I'm kind of <laughs> pissed off of the ranking. Like you, When you have Russell Westbrook, he was 36 on the list, mm. a former MVP. Kyle Lowry's ahead of Westbrook. <laughs> in, in this stage of their career, I think Westbrook is better. I, I agree. I think Westbrook is better. See, and I think he's always been better, honestly. 
And then they have C.J. McCollum ranked over Russell He would never Westbrook. be better than Westbrook. C.J. McCollum is a second fiddle guy. You know, even, like, he's McCollum. I think Zach Levine's better than C.J. McCollum. It's debatable. They're and, like They're, like, right there with each other. And that's the thing is that I'll just talk about the list. So we'll just go into, I'll just name it from, like, 100 to, like, 80. <laughs> Joe Harris. This is 100 down. Okay. Joe Harris, Marcus Morris, Otto Porter, Derek White, Stop. Mark Gasol. Stop, stop, stop. Otto Porter is not a top 100 player. LaMarcus Aldridge, Jared Allen, okay. Ricky Rubio, Mitchell Robinson, Seth Curry, Pat Bev, Joe Ingles, Jeremy Grant, Buddy Heald, Brooke Lopez, Gallinari, John Collins, DeJounte Murray, DeMar DeRozan, John Wall, Josh Richardson, Dennis Schroeder, Aaron Gordon, KCP, Montrez Harrell, Duncan Robinson, Miles Turner, Bojan Bogdanovich, P.J. Tucker, Mike Conley, Stephen Adams, D'Angelo Russell, O.G. Anunoby, Eric Bledsoe, Sergi Baca, Blake Griffin, Kevin Love, and like we could just go on. But so they think, wow. So they think that many players are like just starting at Demar Derozan. They think KCP is better, Montrez Harrell, Duncan mm-hmm. Robinson, Bogdanovich, Mike Conley, P.J. Tucker. No, they definitely did this to get reactions. I think this is a really I think this is a really bad list. I really do. No, this is horrible. They had wow. Wow. They think that many people are gonna be better than DeMar DeRozan. Yeah, and they have Tyler Hero pretty high too. I know they have Tyler <laughs> Hero. They have Tyler Hero at 59th. Tyler Hero's 59th. <sighs> wow. Which is, I'm guessing they're thinking he's gonna make like a, a jump to like a 20 leap. points per game. And they had P.J. Tucker over Bogdan Bogdanovich? Yeah. Mm. But it's just my biggest problem with the list is that I think this was just done to kind of generate clicks. And, I mean, this has been going on for a couple of years. And I, I know because I stopped keeping up with these top 100 lists. I never right. paid mine to it. The only reason I looked at it today was because we had a segment about it. I looked at it today and yesterday. That's the only reason I looked at it. But I remember the year where Melo was ranked outside the top 10. When I he think was like, Kobe one year was ranked like yeah. in the 30s or something like that. But I, I want to ask a question because obviously outside the top 10 is horrible. But the top 10, we can agree they, they have the right people in there. Do you, Would you fix any ranking in the top 10 if you, if you had to? I actually don't even have the top 10 in front of me. You, 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 need, to be, you need to be on go for stuff like this. I just seen it too. <coughs> Let me search it up on Twitter because they're probably gonna have it. Let's see where the top ten because I have the top eleven to twenty. Let me see. I know. I just seen it too. Let me see if I can find it too. Okay, these are the top ten. You got it. Yeah, Nikola Jokic is at ten. Mm-hmm. James Harden is at nine. Curry's at eight. Dame is at seven, KD's at six, Kawhi's at five, Luca's at four, Giannis is at three, AD two, and LeBron one. So would you change anything in that list, based off if they're saying what who's going to have the better season? I mean, I think Harden is over Dame. Yeah, I think Harden's too low. I think KD is because I, I, I do think Luca could be a top five player this year, I, and I think Kawhi's top five too. Giannis. Have another I, dominant season. I think Harden is extremely too low, though. He's a, he's going to dominate the regular season like Steph, he always does. Steph is over Harden. I'm not mad at that. <clears throat> but I'd put Steph over Dame, and I'd put Harden over Dame. 
and I'd have Dame ninth best. Me too. That's it. But outside of it, I think the list is okay. I think that top ten list is, is not bad. Uh, Jay- I, I, yeah, that was the only thing I had. To, I was confused about. I, I feel like Dame should have been at nine, and I guess KD. You could have flipped him with Harden because we haven't seen KD play. So KD and Steph, I would have put them behind Harden. I would have put Harden at six. That's mm-hmm. where I would have had him because I feel like Harden's going to dominate the regular season. That's yeah, just going to happen. Jason Tatum's at eleven. So he's just like outside so, that top ten. Oh, okay. So they're counting on him to make an elite jump into like okay. superstardom. I mean, he had that stretch last year. Yeah. But I don't know because they probably they're probably thinking that James Harden has that dilemma. He's probably not going to go as hard in the regular season until he gets traded. Yeah. There's a lot going on with him, so I could I could understand why. But I think every year this top 100 list, outside of like the top 10, probably is a is a really bad list. <laughs> And especially if you, you want people to pay for ESPN Plus subscription, mm-hmm. like you just have to have great content. And right now, ESPN, it just feels like they're just trying to be really clickbaity. Yeah. I know I watched the video uh, on YouTube by this guy named Company Man. Company Man is, is, is a great channel. He talks about like all companies, the rise and fall, like right. how why they're successful. And ESPN is really struggling right now. Really? Yeah, like they're a really struggling company. And it's probably because the thing is like this. I mean, they're, they're so desperate that Stephen A. Smith, he deserves it, but I think he's getting his own like his own studio show. Yeah. That's exclusive. This is like his third one, right? Yeah, it's exclusively on ESPN+. Plus. So you have to have that subscription to watch that show. People are going to tune in. Yeah. Yeah. They, they needed something like yeah. that. Because yeah, they need if him. They need it. They need him. Uh-huh. He's the face of ESPN, so they need him to boost their stuff, but... I mean, I love ESPN, so hopefully they get it together. But they're they're really struggling right now. I mean, now. I only have ESPN to watch like certain college games that don't come on TV. That's really what I use it. That's for. the only thing that's really keeping them alive is yeah. that the watching the games because everything else they do. Like back in the day, what got them so famous was the highlights. Right. But we just watch that on YouTube now, so there's no point. YouTube or Twitter. So now they need these like analyst shows. And even that, people see it on you. Like, we're on YouTube. Yeah. Now, like, you know, people see stuff like that where people talk about sports on YouTube. So, really, what they're for is just, <laughs> like, showing the games because that's where everybody yeah, people goes. People have to. all these podcasts coming out. NBA players starting their own podcast. So, ESPN is becoming irrelevant if it's not about, like, a game we want to watch. If we're being honest, like, the only show on ESPN that's still relevant is – Pretty much like first take. I think I would say like first take, get up, NFL Live. Yeah. Like those are the only shows. But those are for like, I don't think young people watch those shows. Like get up, I don't think young people watch get up. I think people <laughs> only watch first take because of Stephen A. People don't really tune too much into it. People used to watch the uh, Kobe show he had on ESPN. Detail. Yeah. But then, you know, he died. So, I mean, Peyton Manning had a. Yeah, he's trying. He had the detail too. I mean, ESPN is trying, but it's just really hard. Because the market is getting really oversaturated. <clears throat> but now the next topic we're going to talk about is Zach Levine. Zach Levine made a, made a showing in the ESPN Top 100 list. And he was ranked 56 mm. in a list. And as a Bulls fan, I just want to get your perspective on it. Because I know I, you're a Bulls fan. I'm not sure how much of a fan you are of Zach Levine. But these are the guys that are ranked ahead of Levine. Lonzo, Sabonis, Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Victor Oladipo, Fred Van Vliet, Marcus Smart, Kyle Lowry, CJ McCollum, Christian Wood, and Gordon Hayward. Let me start with the Nets because I heard two Nets players on that team. 
And I'm I'm a Bulls fan, yes. I like Zach Levine. I think Zach Levine is a good player. I think he can be sec- the third best player in the championship team. I like him as our star for right now. He's better than everybody on the Nets not named Kyrie and Kevin Durant. I think that. I hope other smart people think that. I think he's better than Spencer Dinwiddie. I think he's better than Karis LeVert. He's better than Marcus Morris. I don't even know how Marcus Morris was ranked that high. It was Marcus Smart. Oh, Marcus Smart. Uh, they're weighing defense that highly. I, I can see it. But I just think he – I think Zach Levine is the top 40 player in the NBA. I think his numbers show it. I think even with a bad coach, you've seen he can still dominate a game. He's also pretty clutch. I think he can shoot the ball at a high clip. He can be a, a, score, a number one or two scorer on a team, on a playoff team. He's improved his playmaking, his defense. He's starting to show more effort. So I think if if you watch, I know it's hard to watch Bulls games because we suck, but if you watch Zach Levine play, you can see the improvement in his game, and you could definitely see that. I mean, they had CJ ranked where? I don't know where he was ranked, but he was ranked ahead of him. Yes, and I think I feel like CJ and Zach, I, I, feel like, I think Zach is better than CJ right now. I think CJ just gets a lot of love because he's Dame's sidekick. But I don't. I think. I think Zach right now is better than CJ, and I think the disrespect is just because we aren't winning. Honestly, Zach Levine. Each year he's been in the NBA, he's gotten better. He's averaged twenty points per game the last two seasons. He averaged twenty five this year. I mean, this past season, which is the most since Michael Jordan was there. And I'm not trying to compare him at all, but I'm just saying, like Zach Levine's doing some pretty good stuff because the Bulls aren't on national television. Nobody sees them. Yeah, we suck. Nobody knows how good he is. And he's a guy, like you said, he can shoot the ball. He's very good coming off the screens. He can cut to the basket. He knows when to cut. He's great. He's a great ball handler. He's great at driving to the basket. He's a pretty good playmaker. Like people, I think people really sleep on how good Zach Levine is because he's kind of gotten this, this, uh, this title over his head that he's just a dunker. Because yeah. that's what people originally known him for. His that's dunk why he stopped contest. going to the dunk contest. <clears throat> people think he's just a dunker, but there's so much to his game. Yes, he has that explosiveness, but there's so much to his game. And the problem in Chicago has always been the coaching. You had Jim Boyle in this past season. <laughs> then you had Fred Hoiberg the past couple of seasons. Now, hopefully, Billy Donovan can can bring a spark into Chicago and be a good coach. But, you know, who knows? Because I don't think people were that much of a fan of Billy Donovan when it was that KD and Westbrook duo. And then this past season with Chris Paul, he was more of the on-court coach. So you're not like Billy Donovan was never tasked to be with a young team and develop players that need developing. I think think the coaching was spot on. I I feel like the front office needs some blame too. Their drafting has been terrible. We have... We haven't drafted. Kobe White has been our best draftee. We drafted Chandler Hutchinson. He's terrible. We drafted Denzel Valentine. You know what he is. I don't need to explain to you what he is. We drafted guys like Christian Felicio. You don't probably don't even know who that is. He's, I do. Oh, he's not good. So we, our our front office definitely definitely needs some play for this. They're terrible. But Zach Levine, what people forget, he's also still really young. You know, he's still a young player. He's I think he's like twenty five. So he's he's younger than CJ. He's younger than Bradley Bill. So he has time to really grow and improve as a player. And I think when you look at it, he can do from a scoring mentality. He can do everything. He doesn't really have a weakness in his game. He can come off, like you said, he can come off the 
He could come off the screen. He could shoot that. He can shoot from deep. He can. He's a clutch player. He can dribble. He can get to the rack. He can finish. He can do everything. He can shoot free throws. So he ha- he has no real weakness. I think on offense. I think the defense has to be better. He has to learn how to become a better leader for our team. So now we just have to see with Billy Donovan. Can he be that guy? See, because you know we got some young guys, Zach, Kobe White, Laurie. So we got some guys. It's just I still think though with that list, it's clear they don't watch players that aren't on national television. Last year, Levine was fifty fifth on the list, so he's a he's he a dropped. ranking below this yeah. year. Even when he had a, a better season than last year, I actually managed to read the reason why. Because in every ranking, they don't just have the list; they have like the reason why. Oh, well. really? Yeah. Oh man. And the, the reason why Zach Levine was ranked at fifty six is because he hasn't made the playoffs. That's it. That the, the only reason, pretty much, the only reason why he wasn't ranked higher. Is because he hasn't made the playoffs. Where was Devin Booker ranked? But the, <laughs> but the same can be said for Lonzo. The, yeah. the same can be said for Christian Wood. Like these guys haven't made the playoffs, and as the main guy, none of these guys have made the playoffs on their team. Maybe outside of Kyle Lowry or mm-hmm. Gordon Hayward, you can say they have. But as the main guy, Sabonis has never done it, or you could say he did it with Indiana. But I think that's in the end is more of like a well a, te- a yeah. well rounded team. Dinwiddie was never the main he's a, guy. He's Karras, a backup point guard. Karras, Karras, not the main guy. Karras plays thirty games a year. Oladipo, Van Vliet, smart. Okay, you, these, could, you could say Oladipo, but coming off ah, coming that, like coming off of this past season, yeah, he was terrible. I don't think anybody's projecting Oladipo to go back to his all star status that he once was at. ESPN is, yeah, <laughs> obviously. But Billy Donovan, I don't know. He has to find a way because I think this team is talented now. I know I know Jack picked Laurie Markin into win most improved player. That's a good pick. Patrick I- Williams just is there now, brings defense, which you guys need. Porter Jr. is not bad. You guys are a 500 team when he's on the court. Yeah, we actually are. So, so you know, we're, we're like we're a, we're a solid team when our starting five like plays together. That's the craziest thing. We just they don't play enough together. But yeah, if the reason for ranking him that low is because he hasn't made the playoffs. I just don't think that's a valid reason. It just doesn't hold up. It doesn't make sense because where would Devin Booker be ranked then? He's never made the playoffs. With like guys like Christian Wood, like you said, was never a number one option. And and then if that's the case, if that's what... No, nah, but even if, if, if the Devin Booker thing, I think people are like, because this is off like projections. Mm. So with Chris Paul and Aiton, they're projecting them to make it. I'm, I'm guessing. So uh, Yeah, we can only guess at this point. I mean, I would love to hear what would, what would be. Oh, you should have read PJ Tucker's reasoning. I, I wanted to know that one. Damn, I'm gonna yeah, read it PJ later. Yeah, PJ Tucker was like seventy seconds. Yeah, I'm gonna read that one later. They they have it for every hundred player. They have it for everyone on yeah on ESPN Plus, obviously. Yeah, I'm gonna read that. <coughs> so Zach Levine had a pretty great season last year. I know people were talking about him getting snubbed from the All Star game last year, and we're talking about breakout players now that were rookies. Mm. So. Which rookie do you think will have a breakout sophomore season? I kind of have an idea of who you're going to you pick. You swear I'm going <laughs> to. Because I always just think that you're going to go with Ja. Oh, no, nah, so that's I too do- easy. I mean, you know, the two guys who I want to have a breakout season are Ja and Cam. You know, those are my favorites. But who I think is going to have a breakout season, I'm going to say Kobe White. I'm going to go a little fan bias here, and I'm going to say Kobe White. Oh, man. Yeah, just for the simple fact that. Last year he was coming off the bench. He was a bit of our, our I want to say our like Dennis Schroeder guy. Like come off the bench, give us that little spark. This year he's gonna start. 
We got a new coach. Last year's coach, everybody knows he was the worst coach in the NBA. His system was horrible. Now we got Billy Donovan, who, even though Chris Paul was an on-court coach, we seen him play a three-guard system, which was one of the clutchest systems in the league, down the stretch with Chris Paul, Dennis, and um, Shaw. So we, we see he's he's good with guards based off last year. So Kobe White, I feel like, is going to get more touches this year. We're going to start to see that scoring mentality from him this year, and we're going to start to see him more evolved in his game. So I'm going to go with Kobe White here. Oh, and, of course, my bias pick is Cam Reddish, duh. I'm going to go Kobe White. And this was hard for me to to come up with just one player that I think is going to have a breakout sophomore season. The obvious pick for me would be Zion. Even yeah. though he had great numbers his rookie year, I think that this year he'll be healthy, he'll be consistent, and people will, will recognize him much more because he's going to be actually playing throughout the year and dominating the league as well. Because I see him making an all-star game this year. I could see it. If he plays enough, I could see it. But I got two guys, so mm. it's a little little chin. My my <laughs> one my one guy is R.J. Barrett, of course. Oh my! <laughs> he averaged R.J. Barrett averaged fourteen five and two on pretty bad efficiency. But what I love about R.J. is that after the All Star break, he averaged seventeen points per game, four rebounds, three assists, shot forty five percent from the field and thirty three percent from three. <clears throat> so he improved in every aspect after the All Star break. After he got his you know, feet under the, a feet a little wet in the league, and now I think I know who your second guy is going to be. It, I, th- I think we'll get to it, but I think RJ is extremely motivated. He didn't make the rookie team, and everybody's been disrespecting RJ. I was reading an article on SB Nation, mm-hmm. and they were ranking the top twenty rookies, and RJ came in at seventeen, and the players that were above him in order were DeAndre Hunter, um, Porter, Kevin Porter Jr. Eric Pascal, Rui, Cam Reddish, mm. Jackson Jackson Hayes, oh. Matisse Thibel, Kobe White, and P.J. Washington. And I think RJ's looking at that. They even asked him at, at the media day, I, or mm. I think after media day, I believe, or it was after training camp, after training camp practice. They asked him, how would you feel about not making the rookie team? And he said he was pissed off about it. Like, he was <laughs> mad. And I like that he admitted that. So I'm thinking RJ's going to have a, a good season because he's going to be the main guy Tom Thibodeau, I, I like him as a coach, and he said the main two guys that have come in in great condition to training camp have been R.J. Barrett and Obi Toppin. Mm. Our, our two young guys, the hardest workers on the they team. have been they have been excellent in training camp. So I actually have R.J. Barrett having a breakout sophomore year. My second guy. I think I know. I think. Uh, let me see. My me second see. guy is Tyler Hero. Oh, I thought you was going to say P.J. Washington. Nah, my second guy is Tyler Hero. I think he averaged 13 last year. He was efficient. But now this year, I don't know if Duncan's going to start over him or not. But if he doesn't start, I think Tyler can emerge into that 20-point-per-game score. In, in the playoffs, he averaged 16 throughout the playoffs. All of his numbers went up. And now I'm thinking this year, he has all the confidence in the world. And everybody believes in him to, to take that next step. After you showed out in the finals, you had great performances. Mm-hmm. I think going into the season, he can average 20 points per game because outside of Jimmy Butler, the Miami Heat are really well-rounded when it comes to scoring. And Tyler, feeling more confident, is going to take more shots. So I, I could see him making a big jump. Damn. I mean, those are – I like the Tyler pick. R.J. Barrett – the thing about R.J. Barrett is – and I think this is a very – he's he's – it was known since Montverde. He's one. He's always going to be one of the hardest workers on the team. That was always one of his niches. But the thing, like his game, 
it's really weird. Like, he, he has to develop. It's like he has to develop a few skills again. You know, he has to learn a couple of dribble moves. He has to get a jump shot. Jump shot is really broke, but he is a hard worker. I don't think it's that broke. Nah, I think it's broke. I mean, he's he's a hard worker, and I think he's he's going to work hard. I mean, at Duke, I don't know. I was never – I he put up big numbers, but I always used to see, like, him, Zion, and Cam, I always used to think, like, he was definitely – He's a hard worker, but he wasn't going to be the guy. So I, I don't know. It's going to be tough to see because it's going to be a lot of attention on him. This year, definitely going to be one of the leading scorers on the Knicks. But, you know, Cam Reddish, man, I'm telling you, he's... Atlanta has too many guys for me. I, I they, have, they have Bogdanovich, Trey, Gallinari, Collins. I, I would say this. If, he, if Cam does start, if he does start, I feel like we're going to see a lot more because, like you said, like... After the All-Star break, Cam also, he was one of those guys that got his feet wet, and he started to feel it more coming off the bench. So I feel like if he does start this year, he's going to be a more efficient player. And the defense is already there. The defense is there. He's easily the best defender in his class, easily the best defender. I'm not too high on DeAndre Hunter. I, I don't know what everybody else sees. I still think he's 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 raw, and that's weird to say for a 23-year-old guy, but he's still raw in the sense of, like, he doesn't – there's a lot of skills he's missing. Jackson Hayes, I don't know what they see in that, but I do think Tyler Harrow is going to have a breakout year. I don't know how they're going to start, if it's, even if they start him or Duncan or if they start both of them. I mean, if anything, if Dunk, if he Because they don't have off, Jay Crowder no more. Yeah, if, if Tyler Harrow comes off the bench, I could see him winning sixth man of the year. I, yeah. Yeah, I could see it too. I think they would start both of them, though, and put Jimmy at the four. I don't. I don't see that. I don't. I don't see Jimmy at the four, because Goran Dragic is still there, so he's starting. No, I know he's starting. So at it's the really one. between if if Duncan's gonna sit on mm. the bench or not. So who would start at the four though? Probably. Uh, I don't think they're gonna run two bigs. Maybe Precious Achiuwa. Ah, uh, he could. He could start at the four. I don't think he will. He is a four technically. Yeah, he's a rookie, so I don't know. They, maybe they could go extremely small and start Jimmy at the four. Because they don't have Derrick Jones Jr. anymore either. Yeah, and they so. don't have Jay, so probably. But I, I just think it's for me it's between RJ and Tyler Hero. I think RJ has a chip on his shoulder. <laughs> he does. He He's should. Gonna, and I, look, I think the Knicks are going to be one of the worst teams in the league, regardless. But I think RJ is going to be one of those few bright spots on the team. I was, I, I was, I was excited. I told you I was excited for the Tom Thibodeau thing for RJ Barrett because he 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 has the defensive intensity and he plays defense. So I feel like Tom Thibodeau is going to get him real right because he's a hard worker. Tom Thibodeau is a hard worker. And RJ Barrett kind of gives me that Jimmy Butler hard work. You know, he's going to come into the gym. He's the first one there. He's the last one to leave. He's, he has that tenacity. So I, I like RJ and Tom Thibodeau fit. I think that's going to be good for you guys in the long run. Long run. But the, the thing is you guys have to draft guys like that from now until, you know, Tom Thibodeau eventually goes. One other thing I want to mention is that <laughs> R.J. Barrett, if he can get his free throws right and shoot free efficient throws. from there, because <laughs> I think he, he was shooting like 60-something percent. If he could shoot like maybe in the high 70s, yeah, he, he'll he'll average 20 yeah. points per game. Anything, anything up, just make a jump. 70s, and then you work on the 80s next year, and then you keep going. 70s, he needs to – I think he can – if he get a little mid-range in him, you know – at least shoot. What does he shoot like? Thirty percent from three. Thirty two. Yeah, just get to get to thirty five. You know, just get to get to an average amount, and I think he can put up twenty a game. I do too. Now, next topic, we're going to talk about a proven player in James Harden. Oh boy! So, James Harden, he hasn't <laughs> shown up to training camp yet. He he actually just reported 
but he has to sit out until I think he has six five days straight. Yeah, five or six negative consecutive tests. So to make sure he doesn't have COVID. So they're being extra cautious with this, which I respect. They should be. And I think in this whole situation, James Harden looks really bad because not only does he look bad because he didn't show up to training camp on time, which that's his job. Mm -hmm. But I think he looks bad because he was caught on camera. (laughs) He he was caught on camera partying with little baby. And I know that's his friend and they're, they're, they're homies and stuff. But at the end of the day, I think it shows irresponsibility on Doesn't James Harden's part. I'm, yeah, I think so. It shows irresponsibility. We're we're in a national, we're in a pandemic, we're in a global pandemic, and you're going out partying when you know you're playing in a league where you guys have to be extra cautious about who you surround yourself with. Texas has over one million cases and twenty thousand deaths, so you're being irresponsible going out to a party, and because you were outside. They have to be extra cautious with you. The team does. So you don't spread COVID to your teammates. So now you have to sit out. He's going to miss this week of training camp. And the preseason is coming up. The, the regular season is coming up. You you only have about a week to prepare now. You just added John Wall to Marcus Cousins. Harden wanted John Wall. He preferred John Wall over Russell Westbrook. So you got him. They come. And now you're not ready to get it going for you guys to build some rapper porn, some chemistry. I think this was just, it just showed a lot of irresponsibility and a lack of, a lack of, a, a lack of compassion for your teammates and your new coach who has to deal with all these questions about you now. I want to say this for starters. Um, I noticed the continuity the Rockets are building without uh, James Harden. I noticed John Wall, Boogie, they're all getting right for um, the training camp, so shout-out to them. Boogie looks a lot thinner, too. Looks like he's in basketball shape. He looks good. Um, for James Harden, I think this just shows he doesn't want to be here. I, I think this, obviously, like, the front office should look this as a sign. Like, yo, get him out of here. He doesn't want to be here. He doesn't seem to care. It shows lack of loyalty, lack of commitment to this organization. He clearly has given up on this organization. He doesn't want to be here no more. He his his preferred spots are now I think the Nets, Miami has become a the prime Bucks, destination. The, the Bucks, Nets, yeah. Philly. I think Miami has become a number one destination. The Nets are talking about they won't they won't trade. No, Houston's talking about if it's not Kyrie or KD, we don't want to trade. So I would trade Harden for Kyrie. I would trade Kyrie for Harden. Yeah, that's what I'm that's saying. What like, I'm I, would, saying. I would in a heartbeat. And, I don't and know if, what if you do doing. that, I don't even think you need to give up that many picks. You, you don't. You give up Kyrie straight up like three, four picks. Oh no, I think you give up like one or two most. I mean, if Houston, you're going in Kyrie, Houston's going to milk it. So, but I think to give up Kyrie, okay, it's Kyrie and two picks, whatever. It's Kyrie. Like, come on, like. But I wouldn't say it's, it's just Kyrie, but no, Harden makes it, them better. Yeah, Harden's. It's it's a it's literally. Two tiers. It's a superstar and an all-star. So, in my opinion, I think so. Kyrie, top fifteen player, Harden's borderline top five. So you make you make the switch regardless of anything. But yeah, this show, this shows, in my opinion, he's he doesn't want to be here anymore. So I think Houston's best bet is to trade him, like trade him now before the season, so you can get guys in there, so you can still see if you're a playoff team. You know, see if you can still make a run. I think getting Kyrie would be dumb though, because they have John Wall now. So I think. Philly would or Milwaukee maybe I don't know what Milwaukee would give up, 
but I think Philly Milwaukee can't. They gave up all their picks. Yeah, so they don't. I think Miami or Philly would probably be the best destinations at this point right now. And I think you should make that. You should start making those calls to get him out of there because he obviously seems like little baby's party is more important than training camp with the guys and being safe. So he's clearly not committed to this organization. You talk about commitment, and I think he's not only committed to the Rockets, but I think this shows that he's not committed to winning. Oh. It shows wow. you're not committed to winning. You come off a loss against LeBron and the Lakers, and instead of being in the gym and trying to get everything right and trying to make a championship run, you look like you don't care. <laughs> Regardless of where you're at, I know he doesn't want to be in Houston, but you still have to take it as though you're trying to go compete for a championship because this roster, even though there are, I would say there are Westbrook left, and, and so did, so did Covington, but I think this roster it's about the same as last year's or a little bit slightly better. It definitely has a higher ceiling than last year's roster, and you don't want to go and you don't want to try to get everything right to compete for a championship. I think it shows that he doesn't have a commitment commitment to winning. You don't see Westbrook doing that. No, he's Chris Paul wouldn't do that, and we've seen James Harden is best friends with Russell Westbrook yet. He wanted Russell Westbrook out after the season. He preferred John Wall over Russell Westbrook. And there was a report that Russell Westbrook called, he challenged James Harden earlier in the year. Yeah, that's the character. So that's something that, it's just something that you have to take into account that James Harden, it just doesn't seem like he's committed to winning. You look at the top superstars in the league, Giannis wouldn't do what he did. LeBron definitely wouldn't do what he did. KD wouldn't do what he did. Steph a family man. He'll Steph never do wouldn't that. do what he did. <laughs> Just go down a list of the top 10 superstars in the league. Dame. Dame, nope. They wouldn't do what James Harden did. They wouldn't do that. So that's why I think it shows a lack of a commitment to winning and to trying to get over the hump, which is what's missing in his career to this point. And it's funny that you say that because LeBron is actually like, best friends with Drake and stuff like that and Dame is best friends with like Lil Wayne and stuff and you would think they would go out but they don't they're in the gym working because they want to win LeBron just came over championship and he still wants to win and I think with James Harden you got to look at it Russ Book just got traded he's in the gym working you see he's working trying to get better trying to improve Chris Paul he's in the gym with the young guys trying to get better trying to improve and you're just out here with little baby mind you little baby's gonna party all month you can wait like you can this could you can wait like you went, and, uh, you went and bought him a car full of honey buns. Like, I don't know what type of gift that is, but you got to, like, you got to just, if you're going to do something like that, you can't even hide that because you're James Harden. People are going to record that and people are going to put you on the media. But you got to be better. You got to just, you got to be better. You got to, if you want to win, you have to show the commitment to want to win, you know? You have to, you have to want it. Giannis is talking about, he wants to win. You see his commitment. He's in the gym. He wants to win. You have to want to win. And I don't think James Harden wants to win as bad as these other superstars in the league. I think he just wants to be known as the best player who's never won a ring. I think he's okay with being the best player who's never won. Because right now, I think we can all agree he's probably the best player who's never won a ring. Carl Malone is there. Okay, yeah, debatable. But I would go Harden. But, all right, debatable, yeah. Carl Malone, John Stockton, but Harden. So, like... You got on second all time in points though. Yeah, okay. I mean, like James Harden put up thirty six in the season, but I mean, yeah, like we can go back and forth for him and Carmelo. I don't know if Harden is okay with it, but I think that I, th- I don't want to say wants, he's okay. He doesn't want to be. He it, it's weird because he doesn't want to be labeled that. He wants a championship, 
but he's not willing to make the sacrifices yeah. in order to do so. That that's what I think is kind of he weird wants to about win him. a championship his way, and if it's not his way, he's okay with not winning. And I think, I think Miami would be a great place to change his mindset because I think not only would Jimmy Butler challenge him, I think he's going to make him a better player. And I know that's weird to say because James Harden's the better player, but it's more to, it's intangibles, and I think Jimmy Butler can put that in him. I think James Harden can be the best player on the team, but he's not a leader. Yeah, they have whatever team he's on. There has a, to be a, 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 a leader. And I think two two years ago, that was Chris Paul. If he goes to Miami, that's Jimmy Butler. So he needs somebody like that to try to get him into the right track and actually, you know, yeah. try to win a championship. And I, yeah, him on the East with Bam and Butler, I think that's, scary. that's a championship team. No, it is. I, I would put them solely at number one. If even though there's did. a bunch of Heat fans that don't even want to trade Tyler Harrell for him. They're delusional. They think he's going to be Michael Jordan. I don't get it, but. Whatever. I mean, I do. Th- I do say Westbrook was challenging James Harden. I felt like James Harden didn't respect him enough. I feel like with Jimmy Butler just doing what he did, I think I feel like he would be more respected to hear Jimmy Butler and let him be challenged because now he would not only be challenged by Jimmy Butler, he's going to get challenged by Eric Spoelstra and Pat Riley. So if you get challenged from top to bottom, you you have no you have to listen at some point. Next superstar we're going to talk about or star you should say. Is Kyrie, he's had his, his trouble in run-ins, uh, but not with anything on the outside. He's had it with the media. <laughs> so he put out a statement, and this is just the the ending of the statement. I'm not, I'm not going to read the whole thing. But Kyrie Irving said, My goal this season is to let my work on and off the court speak for itself. Life hit differently this year, and it requires us, it requires me to move differently. So this is the beginning of that change. He left this statement really open-ended. What people got from this statement is that he doesn't want to talk to the media. I know today, just before we started recording the show, he got fined $25,000 from the league <laughs> for not you know, appearing at these media appearances. And just what are your thoughts on Kyrie Irving not speaking to the media? I think, I think Kyrie, what he's, his mindset is everything I say, people flip it and try to make me look like the bad guy. So I guess his response is... I'm not going to talk to the media, but that's I feel like that's a coward move because this is a part of your job. This is this is what you like. This is one of the requirements of your job. Like you can't just tell them you're not going to do something at your job. And I feel like if you want people to interpret what you say the way you want to say it right, I feel like some of the things he says, he means it, but because they don't. Interpret it. I think I, Kyrie's mind is a lot different than regular people on earth. It's a very strange mind. And I feel like when he says something, he means it, but he just doesn't say it the way he processes it. So when we interpret it, it's like Kyrie's all confused. But I, I still think he needs to talk to the media because there's going to be a lot of questions around that team. And for fans, this is something that we need. We want to hear the we want to hear the players talk. So I think this is just a coward move, in my opinion. I know people have blown this up. Uh, I don't think it's it's as serious as uh, people have tried to make it out to be because I've seen the training camp media sessions. <clears throat> I You know, I watch all of the Knicks ones when Tom Thibodeau talks or <laughs> Emmanuel Quickly or Dennis Smith. I watch those. And to be honest, most of them are, are really dull. There's, there's no context. All they do is ask pretty silly questions. Yeah. I get that it's their job to do it, but they mostly ask silly questions. Like, I was watching the Zion one earlier today, and... They ask Zion if he thinks he's going to work well with Steven Adams. Like, they ask questions like that. So, 
I understand why I think the sessions are pretty meaningless at this point in time. But at the same time, it is Kyrie's job to show up and do it. That being said, I think that players should get some uh, some leeway. You know, if they're not feeling well, if they don't, you know, they don't have to show up. But for Kyrie to pretty much kind of just try to not show up at all. I mean, there are people that that interpreted this differently. I know Nick Freer of the USA Today and Scott Thompson of SNY. They said they've insisted that Kyrie's comments doesn't insist that he's going to do a media blackout. He's going to hold out on the media. He just they just think he's going to do it for now for the training camp sessions. Mm-hmm. But then again, he's not specific with what he wants to do. And at the end of the day, talking to the media for NBA players is like us clocking into work. Yeah. Like it's it's part it's of your, your job. job. It's it's part of it. It's contractual. So like Stephen Stephen A was talking about and he was 100% he was right going crazy. That you should be fine every time you don't talk to the media because you can't just do whatever you want to do. You know, you aren't you're getting paid so much money to not only play basketball but to to do these other things that require you to do your job. And when we talk about the media and the NBA, the only reason the NBA is as big as it is is because of the promotion that the media offers as well. Right. You know, the only reason basketball, we talk about basketball 24-7 is because everybody's always talking about basketball 24-7. If nobody's able to talk about it, if these athletes just go and play, we're not really going to, you know, make, yeah. make a whole scene. It's not going to be the drama that it really is. So, I don't know. I think Kyrie looks bad in this because he's just kind of been – contradicting himself everywhere he's went when he talks when he left LeBron when he first left LeBron he said he wanted to be the man then he goes to Boston everybody knows there was there was a bad ending he he threw Brad Stevens under the bus a lot of times in his time in Boston and even Marcus Smart has talked about Kyrie Irving's mood swings and he's talked about how you didn't know what mood he was going to show up each and every day. Right. Nets officials have said that was a concern. So there are things with Kyrie that, you know, he's done wrong, which is why we look at him a bit differently right now. I I do agree. That's like that's basically like like if we go to work, like me and you go into work and we don't we're on patrol relief and we don't like do our scans, that would be considered something that we're supposed to do and we don't do it. It's like this is something that you, this is a part of your job now. This is your life. You have to, if you don't want to do this, then don't play basketball anymore. It's that simple. Like you sign the contract, you have to do it. I think, I, and I don't, I, I, look, he doesn't have to do it all the time. I think, I definitely think an after game interview is needed. Like those are needed. You have to do a post game. I think you, those are essential, but I think training camp, okay, that makes sense. Like you said, he could hold off on that, but. During the season to say, I just, like, he has to, his comments, every time he speaks, he's not specific. He just says a pretty bland, blunt comment and it just goes into silence again. And it's weird. He has to stop doing stuff like that because it's confusing the media and it's making him look bad. But then he gets mad at us because we interpret it the way he says it. The problem is every single time the media is on Kyrie Irving, he he basically says that it's a clickbait society and he, you know, (laughs) bashes the media, which there's a lot of clickbait. But when it comes to him, it's not really like that. It's it's what he says. Yeah, he talked when he was on a podcast with KD, and he talked about the last second shot and playing with another player that can hit those shots. Everybody came to the conclusion that it was LeBron. Kyrie said it wasn't about LeBron. So who was it about? Exactly. But then Tristan Thompson. But then, but then you look, and just a couple of days ago, LeBron's on a podcast with Ronde with uh, R J Jefferson, and 
with Richard Jefferson, my and, bad. Oh, uh, Chain and Fry. Yeah, with Richard Jefferson. And LeBron even talked about how he thought the comments were about him, and he felt hurt, hurt by the comments. Mm. So Kyrie says it wasn't about LeBron, but even LeBron thinks it was about him. Because it, it, who are you talking about, Kevin Love? Like Exactly. So even though I think it, this is kind of a clickbait society, <clears throat> you are not taking accountability for what you're, what you're saying. You are not taking account, accountability for your actions. And I think that's the first thing you have to do. You know, and it, it just shows that's why I don't think that the Nets are going to work because I think you have more Kyrie than KD. I KD think is kind of the same, but. KD's more laid back and yeah. chill. He's straight up. He's straightforward. Kyrie's more in his own world on, like, you know, trying to figure out his third eye, trying to, <laughs> you know, meditate to get chakras. Yeah. Like he's that type of guy, you know, very spiritual. Yeah. Like, like spiritual, like the, to, spiritual to a point where it's detrimental. He's like, like the Kanye of the NBA. Kanye? Yeah, it's literally what he's like. It's crazy. I don't know. I think Kanye is a bit like. No, Kanye is obviously different. over the top, but Ky- Kyrie's on his way. He be wilding, man. So we're going to talk about LeBron now. And on the Richard Jefferson podcast that he was on, oh I boy. forgot the name of it, but what he basically said is that he won the two hardest championships mm. in NBA history. And he doesn't care what nobody says. He won the two hardest championships in NBA history. Do you believe that he did? That's such a it's it's such a crazy oh my god. Okay, I want to say this. He in 2016. Yeah, he can say he won the hardest championship, but what, like to say he won the hardest championship last year, I can't. I can't agree with that because it wasn't the hardest championship last year. I feel like when you put you put everybody was in the same setting, so everybody had the same. It wasn't like a regular season where people had to deal with traveling or fan heckling fans or like home court advantage or you had like everybody was in the same area. You guys got the same treatment. You guys got what Dame was telling us. Well, like, great treatment. Like, the court was right there. The trainer was right there. Like, you didn't have to be all sore after games. Like, everybody got a well-rested move. So, you got, like, you got everybody at their best. I feel like when you're in a season, like a regular season, and when you get guys coming in and they're tired, I feel like that's more harder overcoming that. Like, when the war, when the LeBron and them came back from 3-1, I feel like that was harder because you went – not only did you go down 3-1 – you have the win four straight, two in Golden State. And I think in 2016, we can all agree, that was the hardest place to play in the playoffs. Golden State, Oracle Arena, that like it was a crazy arena. You had to go win two straight against an MVP, the defensive player of the year that year. No, yeah, I think that was the hardest championship in yeah, history. Yeah, I think that right there, that's number one. That was the, like, all that, all that culmination, that was the hardest. But I think last year, nah, I can't call last year. One of his hardest championships. But 2016, definitely, yes. What's a harder championship than that that than last year's though? Because if you're gonna tell me it wasn't, I want to know what was. Um I would say Dirk's championship was harder against uh Miami Heat. I would say nineteen ninety eight Michael Jordan's championship was a lot harder. I would say if I had to pick another one, I would say San Antonio's twenty fourteen, was it? No, I'm lying. I would say Miami, um, LeBron's 2013 ring was a lot harder than that one last year. Um, what else? I think those would probably be the ones. I, I can't call last year's the hardest because every 
You didn't. It's not like you play. Okay, if we're gonna do, what's the hardest? You have to look at the competition. You played the Miami Heat. No offense to the Miami Heat. They're a good team. You played the Miami Heat. Garan Dragic played what one one or two games. Bam, I mean, they missed. played other teams too. To on, on oh, we talking? Did he say hardest run or he talk about just the play the championship? I mean, in it, the hardest championship is like taking everything into account. I think okay. it definitely was the hardest championship. Maybe mm-hmm. the the 2016 one was definitely. I think it was harder because that was the greatest team assembled in NBA history. Oh, we talk about runs. Dirk run was better. Hold up, that wasn't a harder championship to win than this championship, and this is why yeah, when you're me. when you're in the bubble. LeBron even said it when he was talking to Richard Jefferson. He said, people that weren't in the bubble won't understand. So I, I know you don't understand. You weren't in the bubble, man. I know you don't understand. But the, the reality is, is that when you're in a bubble environment like that for months, he didn't see his kids for two and a half months. He didn't see his, you think it matters. I think it matters. What? It definitely does matter. <laughs> his it kids? Matters. Yeah, his family, Bro, his come kids, on. it matters. You're going through a national pandemic, a, a global pandemic. Social issues in the United States of America going on right now. We know how crazy of a time it was a couple of months ago. They, they were even deciding whether to, or not to start the bubble. And then you look at you're isolated from the world. You're isolated it was from AAU everybody. Basketball. They've been through no, it before. Two and a half months. Yeah, for a weekend, not it's, two and a half was, months. For bro, a they weekend, were playing. They were not playing, two and a half months. They were playing in an open and, and in when, an empty when, gym, bro. When we talk about when we talk about when we talk about hardest championships. I want to know from I want to know from the mm-hmm. experts what they think. Okay. So you know your opinion is cool and all, but like <laughs> I respect I respect the opinions of Giannis more of Eric Spolstra. Okay. And Giannis said this is the toughest championship you could ever win. Austin Rivers said the same thing. I remember I sent you that okay, tweet when you he said. Okay. You can't use it. him though. Eric Spolstra said that's most assessment. worthy of all world championships. He said this that before anybody won. He said most worthy of all world championships. When did he say Mike? When well, he got in the finals? No, when they were in the bubble, before he oh, got okay. in the finals. Mike Malone co-signed that statement. Doc Rivers, Brad Stevens. These are all guys that said this is going to be the toughest championship. And this is going to be the most respected championship of all time. Let me, so when, okay, it come, yeah. when it comes to players and coaches inside the bubble, they all feel consensus. It's a consensus that they feel like this is the hardest championship yeah, yeah, yeah. to win. The, the, the t- obviously, the teams that are in that possibly have a chance to win it are gonna say this is the hardest championship because if they do Not win really. it, then they can and that can go into their favor. You're talking about no. they, were, they were isolated at Disney World with LeBron already spends millions, millions on his body. He was fine, bro. Let me explain something to you. What's what's worse? And I want you no. What's a da- more dangerous environment? I want you to answer this. Truthfully, truthfully, don't lie about it. No, 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 no. no. Answer the question. question. Game five in Los Angeles, Dirk versus Kobe, or game five in a bubble, LeBron versus Nikola Jokic. What's a harder game? You mean the year that they got? Yeah, we're talking about they beat the swept the Lakers. Yeah, I'm gonna use. They swept the Lakers that year. I'm gonna use 2011 specifically. I'm gonna use. They swept the Lakers. I'm gonna use two. Okay, so pardon me. Game four. Like they Dirk played Kobe, he played Katie and Westbrook, and I don't remember who he played in the first round. I know he played Kobe, Katie, and Westbrook. They played the Lakers, so he played Kobe. He played Katie. So who he played in the uh, second round? I can search it up right now, but I'm just saying they swept the Lakers. That yeah, wasn't they. They weren't. That wasn't a tough matchup. How wasn't a tough match if they weren't favored to win it, and then they just came out and played better? Which, how is that that tough? How's what do you that? mean? So they were favored to win. Dirk was not favored to win. Kobe against the Lakers, Col- they, they swept were a six them. seed, bro. They swept them. They weren't supposed to, though. Is they my point? They swept them. They, were, okay. they swept them. 
That wasn't supposed to, though, is my point. Before before, before the playoffs, what was everybody saying about LeBron supporting Cass? Right. No depth, no three-point shooting. People were even picking the Blazers to make it a tough matchup. They beat them in five. Then they beat the Rockets in five. Then they beat the Nuggets in five. The, 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 the same Nuggets team that beat the Clippers team that you thought was going to go to the NBA championship. They beat them in an empty gym. That does not matter. That doesn't matter? No, a, it doesn't. A, a arena packed with thousands and thousands of fans. Of your fans. Ha- of your fans, too. Heckling what do you mean? Home court. Wait, wait, wait. Home Lakers wait, are going to get guaranteed four home games if they go to game seven because they're That's favorites. And so, they're and wait, the top seed. Wait, 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 wait. So they're, gonna wait, have, wait, wait, so wait. they're also going to have four games yeah, where the fans like the, are with just, them. Wait, just like the other team is also going to get home court advantage it's it's wait so you're saying so you're saying basically it's neutral it cancels out no i'm saying yes fans, it does no, i'm saying fans matter i'm saying yes you're right living at living but living situation neutral. does matter it's neutral. but traveling also matters so you're not looking at the situation it's they're sitting they're all in the same spot traveling pays a toll on you the fact that you have to leave a post game you have to leave a post game go straight instead of going to ice your body you have to go get ready for a plane to go travel to another arena that matters too. Like stuff like that matters. Then you have to get there late. You have to get some sleep. You have to practice. That matters. They literally had to leave the court, go walk, walk to their rooms, and they can they can be ready. That mat like that plays a factor. The same way how he's saying his family and stuff. The living the living was easier. Everything was the, right. I there. don't think the living was Bro, easier. Air, everything was right there. And you're, no, it's you not because they're to, not living. They're not living with anybody in their family in the playoffs. Okay, that, they are all right. Bro, no. That's I not, think it, no, no, yes, no, no, it no, does. No, no, it does no, no, matter. No, 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 no. It does because matter. You're saying they're living with their family. They're living. They're literally on the road in a crib that not in, all the time because they have four home games. Yeah, but it's so two, they're it's there. Two, two, one, one, one. They're not there four. They're not there four times in a row. You do know that, right? No, of course they're not there and four and times in a row. Yeah, but they're, not, they're there. They're at home though. Okay, they're, they're at home. But then they're on the road. You're literally trapped inside of Disney World. Like you're isolated inside Disney World. It's Disney World. It's really not that bad. Disney it's World. not that bad, bro. It's what? Disney World. Like if everything one, was handed to them on the silver platter. Like you're you're trying to downplay. Wait, home. wait, wait. So when they're traveling to different arenas, everything's not handed to them on the silver platter either. Not like Disney World was. Yes, it was. Yes, they how are. Would you, how would you know? What do you mean? Because the, the players when, have when they're traveling, wait, they, wait, go to, wait, they go to they go to first they go wait, to five star hotels on the road. They're literally they're, everything's there's handed literally, to them. Any there's, there's bro, they're wait, NBA wait, players. Talk, hold on, hold on. No, let me say. They're, I just N- say this. they're <laughs> NBA players. They get handed everything anywhere they go, regardless. There's, there's literally been talks in the NBA about shortening the season because the travel is too much. What do you like? What do you mean? Like there what, was also. Do you remember that? When the Bucks held out from playing the game, and everybody in the room, including the Lakers and Clippers, decided it'd be best to just cancel the season. Why do you think that is? It's because they wanted to get out the bubble. No, because of COVID. That, that's not why they wanted to cancel it. If you know, it was because of the unarmed black man that died. That's why the Bucks even held. So it wasn't protest. even. You just said it wasn't because of the bubble. Then you just said it was because of the unarmed black guy dying. Which one? No, was it's, it? it's both. They obviously don't want so to be because of COVID, bro. The reason why they wanted to get out the bubble because they felt like they could do more stuff for social injustice outside of the bubble so that than had, in it. That had nothing. Yes, but it's also with the bubble because you're isolated from no, the world. No, no, you literally yes. just, no, no. They wanted to leave because they wanted to do more in the world for social injustice. That had nothing to do with the fact that they're stuck in the bubble because of whatever reason. Yes, it does. It does have. You just said you just said they wanted how, to how leave. Okay, so how, how are you going to say that? How are you going to say it when That's what you just said. I'm telling you what you said. How are you going to say that when even LeBron said, I don't know if you watched, did you watch the Richard Jefferson interview? Yeah. 
Yeah. It look it sounds like you didn't. Because did. he even said that the bubble was tough circumstances. Every single coach has said it. Every player has I'm, said I'm it. Sure they the, said I'm, it I'm, took look, a look. Paul, you was you was even making excuses for Paul George's performance because sure, of the bubble. I'm sure the bubble situation was difficult. I'm not saying that it's not difficult. I never said it wasn't a difficult situation. But to say that you were a part of the two hardest championships, you're just literally trying to boast your way. This the, the 2020 championship wasn't one of the hardest championships. It wasn't. It just it wasn't because everything is a everything. Wait, has so a you're saying so you're saying LeBron's trying to boast his legacy by saying that? No, I'm saying he's trying to boast his championships up. You know how when you win a championship and it goes down to history, right? And it, I don't think so. I think he literally he means that. And every player and coach agrees. I, I just read you the statements. They okay. agree that it was one I, of the I, hardest and, championships. And I understand the guys who are playing in the bubble are going to agree with them. That 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 I I get that part. They're playing in the bubble. They're trying to win a championship. So of course they're going to it's going to look like they're trying to boast their, they're going to boast the same championship that they're trying to win, winning. But not I'm really. saying that that to say that's the hardest championship because of that situation, but not look at every other situation. Like every if you're going to say that everything plays into factor competition this whole, plays this whole this whole this whole year for everybody including these players and us as human beings that even live in this country this has been a, a really hard tough year and for them to be every a, year is tough this year is tougher than any year that you've lived in probably 20 years and okay. a lot of people lived okay Th- this year we're talking about is, the bubble though yes but they've dealt with everything that we've dealt for maybe not on the same level but okay. in terms of dealing with a pandemic and social injustice and all these issues and social injustice has been around for years no but not like not like the protests that have been happening this year. If you want to, if you want to, we could we could argue about that a different day. But what I'm saying is that they he did win one of the toughest championships in NBA history, I, no, if wait, not the second. I think the Golden State one is cool, I know, but I think I think, cool I think this one. I, don't think, this I think this. I think he did win the two no. toughest championships in NBA history. Yes, he did. I don't think it's. Too, and you think, think he's just boasting, trying to boast his legacy because you love Michael Jordan. But in reality, no. that that's a fact. Every coach and player has agreed with that statement. Every coach and player that's played that played in a name me a coach. Outside of the bubble that watched it and said this is the toughest. You can't name me one. The people who you can't tell me if you if you if you can't tell me so that you're the telling pe- me I can't I can't use people that no, are in that, it. That's to like explain. bro, that, bro. People who are gonna tr- who are trying to win a ch- that's like saying bro. People in a in a lockout season they all go to the playoffs and they talk about this is the hardest championship because yeah they're in the playoffs. You can't sit there and use the same. Wait, who's ever said that? I'm just saying. I'm just using an example. No, you can't no, use an example yes, that's can. never it's been a, that's I, never I been use, said. I can use an example. No, you're using something that you think would have happened, but no, you, I'm saying you don't have a real example. I'm saying you're using guys who played in a bubble, who are playing in the same bubble, who are trying to win a championship. If Boston would have won that championship. On God, they would have said, "Yeah, this is definitely the hardest championship ever." No, it's not. It's not the hard. It's definitely it's a tough championship I'll or give they would have said it because they already felt that way about it it's not just because they if they would have won it would have said it because people that didn't win are saying it so what are you really saying you're giving me examples that haven't happened just what you think would have happened you're guessing it's not going off a of fact there, there isn't there is no real fact in the argument it's a, it's a, it's a debate no there is fact there's fact that people like Giannis, superstar players said this is the toughest championship to win and coaches have co-signed those statements. That's, that's their opinion. You're talking about people. Who, okay, so why? Okay, so let me ask you a question. And even wait, reporters wait, okay, wait, that wait, wait, even wait, wait, like, wait, like wait, I wait. said, how? Wait, but but wait, the wait, wait. the flaw in your argument is that you're no. saying I can't use people that were in the bubble to talk about how no, it was a hard no, no, championship no, 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 to win. No, 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 no. What I'm saying when is, people me, that no. were in the bubble would no, know most. You were just you were just about to use a reporter, but you just said you were just about to use. No, yeah, because like Taylor Rooks has said, the environment was not cool. Like so, so let me okay, so let me ask you a question. 
And when you talk about the hardest championships ever, what plays into factor? Competition, environment. Um, this is all correct, right? When it comes to the toughest championship, that does play a factor. No, I'm but it also, what plays yes, a factor? Yes, but it's also. What else? Competition and your situation. Situation, okay. And I think their situation, being isolated from the world, was an extremely hard situation to go okay, through. Okay, I feel like, I feel like, okay, that that part, that makes sense. That part, the of situation. Course, that's what I've been saying but this whole time. In, in, in it, if block, because NBA players block noise when they get on the court. They block, everything's blocked. Strictly basketball. In the in the bubble arena, you mean to tell me like okay the social the social injustice the pandemic yes that correct that that is a been a tough year for everybody but you mean to tell me in that situation in a bubble situation that playing on that court in that environment with like fans on a screen was more was tougher than playing. In an arena with 30,000 fans on the road. Answer that. Just answer that. Answer that. Just I'll answer that by saying oh that. God. Didn't you just say that they block out noise anyway? Yes, they they block out the noise outside, but they don't. They can't block out fans, bro. But you said fans. they block out the noise already. I'm talking about, I'm so talking about stuff so, like that, So what you're though. saying is that because there are no fans, players play better, right? That's what you're... That's what you're basically saying. No, what I'm saying is it's a different environment. No, no, okay. okay. It's a but different what you're saying, because of no fans, then what? Because of no fans, it's, a it's, e- it's, it's a easier. It's a different you're, environment. No, you're saying because there's no fans, it's easier. That, it's, that's what you're saying, basically. Well, Jamal Murray literally came out and said it's like AAU. It's, but you're it's, saying it's easier to play. Because, because there's no fans, it's easier, right? Yeah. I so would say explain that. Paul George's performance. He played like shit, bro. Explain, I can't explain, explain, explain other athletes' performance. Not everybody played good in the bubble. So that no. means so that means that statement does not hold true. How does it not hold true? Paul, Paul because George, it doesn't mean wait, wait, it's wait, easier. Wait, wait, wait. Be- wait, wait. Because Paul George played like trash. It makes like Paul George play like trash. Jamal Murray play like a star. Jamal Murray's played like a star in the playoffs. Before. Wait, no, I'm just saying Jamal Murray play like a star. Paul George play like trash, right? LeBron play like a star. AD play like a star. Pascal Siakam play like trash. What does that? It's still the the, the crowd is still a different environment. You can't tell. Regardless, you, you didn't even answer my question. Regardless, yet. you can't yeah, tell I did me. You it. can't tell me. If you can't tell me playing. First of all, because you can't tell me playing. A team with no fans who are who are known in the season for having the best home court advantage in the season is the same as playing them in a bubble arena where you can hear the basketball dribbling on the floor. You can't tell me that's the same thing. It's still neutral because both teams would, have home. Wait, 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 wait. Stop talking. How is it neutral if one team is on the road with 30,000 fans violating them, how is that the same as... Because they're no, no, still going to be at home. Same? How is that the same as two teams playing a neutral site for, say, for example... Okay, say, for example, two teams go seven games. So two teams are playing at a neutral site the seven entire games. time. It's not, hold on, hold on, hold on. No, no, no. Two teams playing... No, because this sounds so stupid. Two teams playing seven games, a seven-game series, in a neutral site is the same as two teams playing seven games and one team has four games at home and another team has three games at home. How is that neutral? <laughs> I can't even take you seriously. How, how is that neutral? Just because you scream doesn't mean How is that neutral? Right. How is that neutral? Let me explain to how you right that now. How is that neutral? Go ahead. Regardless, it was going to be neutral because you the bubble, all seven games, if they go to seven, is neutral, right? On the road, if the Lakers were even... If the, this was a regular season and the Lakers played on the road... Even if they were in that seventh game, they would have had home court advantage. So if the if anything, if they weren't in a bubble, the Lakers would have had an advantage. 
That, even if they weren't okay, playing that, in the that bubble. That proves my point that it's not neutral because the Lakers have an advantage. What do you, like that, that, but that, that means look, in the bubble look, they didn't using, have I'm an using, advantage. I mean, no. You're, you're, they didn't you're, have an advantage in the bubble. The bubble was neutral. I agreed with you. I said with home When you play in the playoffs, it's neutral too. Because both teams have home court. I'm going to tell you why it's not neutral. The Miami Heat and the Philadelphia Sixers were the best home court teams in the East. In the East, they go to the bubble, it's neutral. Miami goes to the finals. If Miami and Philly played in the, a regular playoff environment, a regular playoff environment where they have to go on the road, which they were the worst road teams in the East in terms of playoff teams, if they had to go on the road, it wouldn't have looked the same than when they played neutral in a bubble environment and everybody's on the same court and you can hear the ball dribbling on the floor. That's it's not the same. Bro, it's not the same. Like, what are you talking about? You keep talking about it's neutral. It's not the same. You literally just said the Lakers had an advantage. They have whole court throughout the whole time. Yes, they have an advantage because they would have had four games to everybody's three. They would have had the LA advantage. It's it's common sense. But it didn't take them four games. It I mean, it didn't take them seven games. It didn't take them seven games. I hope you know that your argument is is baseless. Like, you you really make no sense. But you're just screaming, so you think you make sense. But you really don't make no sense. Because that means that even even if you're not in the bubble, teams that have home court would have an advantage that said game. But every team outside of game seven, they all have the same amount of games that they have home court. No game in the in that Lakers championship run went to seven games. And every... In a neutral... That means if they... Okay, they face the Nuggets. That means that the Nuggets would have had fans... In that arena when they're at home as well, just like the Lakers. But in the bubble, every single game is on an even playing field, so there's no competitive advantage for either team. Just like if you're playing, if the Lakers were, if this, if this was a regular season, the Lakers would have had a competitive advantage over other teams. But since it was in a bubble, they didn't. But you're not getting that argument. You're not getting that at all. Like I said, coaches and players have both have all said that this was the hardest championship to win, and this is going to be the most the most respected. You couldn't even name me championships that were harder. You named me Dallas's and, and 1998 Jordan, which was not harder. They were favored over Utah by a large margin. You took, you, you just, you just, you, wait, 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 wait. You just said, you said a championship. Was that, cha- was that championship harder just because you watched the last dance documentary? No, the championship was, was harder because Scottie Pippen had back problems and barely played and Dennis Rodman was coming off the bench and Michael Jordan led his team in points, rebounds, and assists because his team wasn't that good. That's why the championship, I know you're a Jordan that's fan, why the championship okay. was harder. 2011 was harder because Dirk walked in as a sixth seed as a sixth seed, he wasn't projected to go. They weren't projected to go to finals. Did He's, you project wait, wait, the Lakers wait. to go to the finals? To the finals that year? This year. This year? You didn't. No, I had the Clippers. Okay. Then be quiet. because doesn't make just, sense. Because, because you just said nobody projected the Mavericks to go. But, you but didn't wait. project the Lakers to go. Okay, but the Lakers and the Clippers were the favorites. Dirk, go. Clippers that, were the favorites. Wait, no. You're a liar. The Lakers are the favorites. Clippers were, no, they were the Clippers. Before, I bet. You no? don't bet. I bet. You don't bet. The I Clippers bet. were you the favorites. I bet. You don't bet. The, I bet. You don't bet. Shut up. You don't know what you're talking about. In the beginning about. of the season, Clippers weren't the we're favorites. Talking about, we're talking about when the playoffs started, bro. When the playoffs started, Dallas was a six seed. They weren't even a, fa- they weren't even a top five favorite. What are you talking about? The Clippers were the favorites going into the playoffs this upcoming season, bro. Bro, the Lakers were the favorites. Okay, whatever. It isn't even matter. Even if the, the Clippers were favorites, the Lakers were number two. Dallas, as a sixth seed, wasn't even top five, top seven. They swept the Lakers. They beat Katie and Westbrook, and they went on to the finals. And they, wait, when LeBron was the heavy favorites, when they played Dallas, Dirk beat them. So how I don't know how in that process that doesn't make that Dirk's ring was depth. 2011 was definitely one is top two. 
top three hardest championships ever. He beat Kobe and the Lakers. He beat Katie and them. He had the, he was and he was on the road. He he was not he was never a favorite in any series. Any series. He wasn't a favorite. He wasn't. Even when he went to play Miami, he wasn't a favorite. LeBron and Miami, they were the heavy favorites. The Lakers were the heavy favorites against Denver. The Lakers were the favorites against the Rockets. The Lakers, because uh, you don't bet, so I don't think you know what you're talking about. The Lakers were the favorites against Portland. The Lakers were heavy favorites against Miami. If you're the favorite in every every time you play, what do you like? Dirk, come on, bro. Like the reason why your argument yes, is and the, the bubble. The reason yes, why I, your I the reason this. why your argument is baseless because you're just taking into consideration the competition that was played. Competition you're matters, not, okay? But you're not taking into consideration any of the circumstances that they had no, to deal I, with I, while I, living no, no, in the no, bubble. No, I said I, no because no, no, your no, no, whole no, argument I, is based no, no, no. off that. We already established. That. I said in terms of environment, yes, and the bubble was extremely not only hard. That, but, but, you it, but, but that's the why Clippers. I. But that's why I asked you. What comes into play when we're talking about the hardest one? You, you said competition, environment. You co- environment, yes, you got but it. But I think you the, got envi- it. the but environment, competition, the environment, there's no way. But the no. environment, but okay, but that's why when you talk about them winning a championship, you take everything into consideration. Both environments. This environment, no, this environment was totally different than anything any NBA player has ever experienced. Absolutely, this was a really Absolutely. difficult environment. No, I, I and I completely agree with you on that in that sense. But it, now, when you break it down into basketball, there is no way on planet Earth that Le- this ring could have been harder than Dirk's ring in 2011. Strictly talking basketball environment, yes. Yes. Yes, but that yes. plays like that plays like yes. That plays like seventy percent. What? what? That plays, plays like seventy percent of that. No, the environment plays uh, like seventy percent of why the championship no. was so difficult. Yes, it no, does. It doesn't. No, it yes, doesn't. it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. No, it doesn't. Yes, it no, does. It doesn't. Especially for this championship in a bubble. No, it yes, do- it does. You, no, it doesn't. So then, on a regular season, what would the, what would the environment be? Wait, what are you talking about? If you're saying seventy percent this season plays an envi- plays plays a environment plays a, of a factor seventy percent of the reason, right? This upcoming season? No, are you talking about in general? Or are you just talk about this upcoming season? No, in the bubble specifically. So you're talking about the this environment. Season the it, environment. That's how much it played in a role because it was a really difficult environment. Bro, how? You, okay, I get that part. But how are you just gonna wash away all the bad? Like strict environment? Yes, I get that part. Environment? Yeah, got it. Yeah, but now cut, cut, draw. Talk about basketball, strictly basketball, putting the ball on the court. But when Which it comes to was com- harder? when it comes to competition, that's not the only thing you look at it when okay, talking well, about championships. Oh no, but you're, that's the only thing you've been talking about. And not only you that, you haven't spoke about anything. And not else only that, but the and not only that, and not only about, that, you're talking about wait, you're talking about rich people being put in Disney World. Yes, I get the so environment. Because they're, it's because hard. they're rich they're people. Going they're through not. the pandemic, just like us. I get it. It's probably harder for us than them, but I get it. But now you haven't said a basketball thing yet. Talk about the basketball aspect which ring was harder Dirks or LeBron's you haven't said a thing about basketball you keep talking about the pandemic I get the pandemic you keep talking about I social did say things about basketball what you say earlier in the argument I said what you say you talked what you say the Lakers they had trouble with depth they had trouble three-point shooting and everybody in the media was, was talking they were about still how, a top three favorite to go okay to, to but win the everybody trip. knows on the way everybody in the media on the way there was talking about all their problems throughout the but they were still every a top series. three favorite to win the chip was Dirk a favorite Answer that. The thing is, was is Dirk that a favorite? This is the problem with you right now. The problem with you is that you're making the same dumb argument where you're not listening to anything that is being said. You're just blocking out everything that's being said and just listening to yourself. Oh, I get what you're. I've been saying. I get what you're saying. No, for you don't minutes. get what do, I've been saying. But you haven't you keep spoke about basketball that, one time. Talk about one, it. 
Not only was Denver not really only, hard. Keep it on it. Was Denver really a challenging team for LA? They beat the Clippers. I didn't ask you that. Was Denver a yes, challenging team? I think team? Denver was. Was Houston? If it was, no, answer this one. Was Houston really a challenging team for LA? Or are you just saying that Houston, they have James Houston Harden? Houston was too. They just they just game plan for James Harden exceptionally. Even Jared Dudley was talking about how they get the team game plan for the Houston Rockets all night. They had them up all night game planning for them. But those are the things you don't want to talk about. You're just you're just making an argument based off of opinions. I'm making my argument based off fact. I've told you what the players and coaches have said, and I'll give you another fact too. So, this championship, not only was it tough because of the circumstances, but also the pressure on LeBron and the Lakers to win this championship for Kobe. That played a huge what role. What the hell? You don't think that played a role? So, so wait. Oh, my. <laughs> Yo, you don't think what? that played a role? Come on, bro. Come Are you on, serious? Bro. No, come on. Like, you're, you're gonna, come on. Come on. Are you serious? The pressure on LA to win because of Kobe's death? Yes, there was huge pressure on them. They wore KB throughout every single all the, the black the black jerseys that were undefeated in. You really yes, use that, that as that, come on, bro. Not only was this cha- is this championship going to go down in history as a storyline because of the bubble, but it's going to be remembered forever because What's not only because not only did the Lakers win a championship in a bubble, but they won a championship the year that Kobe died, and this championship was for him. That's like the perfect storybook ending. What? Yes, it is, bro. bro come you, on, you don't come think on. it plays no, a role? You really no, like you're out of touch. Come on, bro. Come on, bro. You're out you're of touch. You're gonna try to use Kobe's death to say they they won this championship for Kobe? Really, really, bro? They did win any, it, bro. Any, bro, bro. That's the dumbest shit. Any favorite, any person whose favorite player was Kobe can literally say that. Oh, damn! I want to win this this championship for Kobe. Or what's Kyrie would have Kyrie would have played. I want to win this championship for Kobe. LeBron and eighty. Then now they won that championship because they wanted to win the championship, bro. It was not for Kobe, bro. Of course, you're, you're gonna, oh they're gonna say that. Obviously, you're gonna say. That because you're gonna use that to your argument, bro. They didn't no. come on. Wait, bro. what are you talking about? Don't try to For use one, Don't try what? to use. Don't try to use Kobe's death as a means. I didn't to say, try to. I didn't try to use Kobe's death. That's why they won the shit. I didn't try to use Kobe's death. No, for they one, have, they have not. In, in any media since they won that championship, Kobe hasn't been spoken about one time. So what are you talking about? For one, don't try to use Kobe's death. What's they I didn't talk about it one time. I didn't. I didn't. What? Hold up. Hold up. They haven't talked about Kobe's death since they won the chip. Hold up, hold up, hold up, hold up. up. For one, I'm not using Kobe's death. That's one. Like I said, just because you scream doesn't mean you're right because you really sound dumb right now. What's the difference between Dame, Kyrie, and whoever's favorite player was Kobe between LeBron and AD and their run? What's what's the difference, Riv? Because Kobe played for the franchise of the Los Angeles Lakers every single year of his career. That's why Rob Palenka, Kobe's best friend, when they won a championship, they cried for Kobe. So how, how is it not for Kobe? He definitely had a big part in the championship. Have they talked about Kobe since then? Just because they talked about it doesn't mean that it's not true. I didn't hear, I didn't hear it one interview. I didn't hear them say, yo, this is for Kobe. You want me to fetch it for you? I could do it after the podcast and make you look really stupid. So if, if you want me, I could do it. Yeah, do this, it the this, this, okay. this is a long, uh, okay, long yeah. segment. Because this whole argument, you've been going off opinion. I've been going off a fact. And that's just the bottom line of it. The, the, the question is, do you think this was the hardest championship? It's an opinion question. That was the question you asked me. Yeah, but in your in your argument, you brought no fact into your argument. I could, it, what, it, if every it, First of all, you asked me, what championship do I think is the hardest? I think that Dallas... Was the hardest? I think that was the hardest championship. They played better competition. The environment in a home on a home court at in a home 
the environment in an arena with fans, I feel like it's still harder than the bubble. No, it wasn't a harder environment outside of the bubble, but in terms of basketball, I think that was a harder environment. But outside the bubble, yeah, because of the pandemic and all that good all stuff. All right, so what you're basically saying is you, that you took one half of the equation totally out of the mix when coming to your conclusion. No, about no, said. I said it, it, plays, it said. plays a factor in it plays a factor, but I feel like basketball still overcomes that because at the end of the day, they're just. They're playing basketball. It's always going to come down to them playing basketball. You could talk about social injustice all day. You could talk about the pandemic. But at the end of the day, they dubbed all of that to still play basketball. So talk about the basketball aspect. Not and everybody. Avery Bradley sat out oh for the Lakers. Oh, my God. Avery Bradley. He was huge for okay. them in the season. That's, yeah. Did any big-time player sit out? Kyrie. Kyrie sat Bradley out? Bradley Beal did, too. Bradley Beal sat out? Okay. Yeah. Thank you. What up, what up LeBron? The, the big main advocate. Okay, so up? now, so now because no, I gave you names, you no, want to just go on to LeBron. No, I'm actually obviously the, LeBron did oh, okay. it. All right, but that doesn't that doesn't make no, that point not no, true. It, it doesn't. You just, just no, you asked no, me, no, no, I no, gave no, you no. players. No, you, you did give me players. You gave me Avery Bradley, weak player, but then the two players you gave me after okay, that, okay, solid players. I give you those two. Those are solid. But the fact that you the environment was cool, but at the end of the day, you walk in there, you put the headphones in, you suit up, you put the jersey on. It's time to play ball. And when you play ball, basketball to basketball, Dirk's ring was harder. That's just how I feel. Before we end the segment, something I want to answer that really that really bothered me a little bit. Just because they're rich and they're playing basketball does not mean they're not human. And I feel like by making that comment about they're rich people just playing basketball, whatever, I think it kind of dehumanized them. I think even if they're rich, they're still human, bro. And they still go through those feelings of isolation by being in a bubble they do, but I and feel being like it's, in it's, it's, that. It's, I don't think money just takes that away, bro. It helps, though, a lot. It's a lot harder for us than them. That's all I, I said. That's all I said. I think financially it's a lot harder for yeah, regular people. that's all I was talking about. People. Financially, but they go, they go through a lot of stuff, too, when it comes to no, I Paul get, George even yeah, talking I about get, depression no, with I, comments. I get that. All so I, I said so, was it was a so lot harder. So I'm just saying, just because they're rich doesn't mean they're not human, bro. They still go through the same emotions as us. No, I just all I said was money just makes it a little easier. And there's a bigger, there's a way bigger spotlight on each and every one of those guys than e- any of us. Still, all I, all I said was all right, but that's all I want to say. So the next segment we're going to talk about is Russell Westbrook and the Wizards. Will Westbrook lead the Wizards to the playoffs? And I said this on Twitter. My hot take this year is that the Atlanta Hawks won't make the playoffs. I think even with the free agency like Danilo Gallinari, they got. They got all those players. I think even with that free agency, they're not going to make the playoffs. Their defense really concerns me. The Wizards just got Westbrook coming off a year, averaging 27-8-7 on the best efficiency of his career. I think Bradley Beal is a budding star player in the NBA. And when you look back to Russell Westbrook in OKC 2016, 6 in the West, 47 wins. Mm. Their lineup was Oladipo, Roberson, Adams, and Sabonis, rookie year DeMontis Sabonis, who wasn't very good. There is no spacing on this team whatsoever. And now Westbrook is going to a team with Davis Bertans, Troy Brown Jr., Bradley Beal, Thomas Bryant, who shoots 40%. I think he's going to have a ton of spacing on his team. And I, would, I wouldn't rule out him averaging another triple-double. I think he can, and I think the Wizards are going to make the playoffs this season with R- Russell Westbrook. I'm, uh, hold on, I got a comment. I gotta bring the voice down. <coughs> Excuse me, y'all. I'm actually really excited to see the Washington Wizards play. I'm uh, I like the spacing that they provided. Well, not provided; it was already there. But I, I like the spacing that Westbrook is, and I like the fact that Bradley Bill is a very versatile scorer. I like that he can sit there and, like he he kind of gives me the 
the um, Paul George mode in the sense that he can be a spot-up shooter. He can be come off the screen. He can turn into a J.J. Redick if you do need him to, but he's, he can also go get his own. So I like that he's a pretty good complimentary scorer to Westbrook, or he can be that number one guy if you need him to be. Now, for Westbrook, I really feel like this is going to be a big thing for him, and I think with all those shooters out there, you know, putting out a lineup with Beal, Berton, Bryant, Westbrook and Denny, that's a sh- that's yo, that's a it, you know defense is going to be questionable, but sh- in terms of shooting the ball, that's a great lineup. And even if you put Rui out there, the pick and pop, pick and roll is going to be special. He's a slasher. Yeah, I, I like I like I like this team a lot, and I think if they can get it together, I, that, that bench is going to have a couple guys on there too. But I like this team going forward. And I think Washington can definitely push up in the. Ra- I think they can be better in Indiana, honestly. So I think they can. I think too. I think so too. I think they can push up in the six five ranking. And you know, with Philly, with all their problems in the regular season, we don't know how they're going to be. Brooklyn's probably going to deal with some injuries. They can they can get a good seed and they can make some noise in the playoffs. Now, come playoff time, I don't know what they're going to do, but I definitely see them as making the playoffs easily. I mean, I think Russell Westbrook is easily a top ten player in the Eastern Conference now that he's there. I, I said a couple of days ago top five, but then I went down a list and I said no way he's top five. But he's definitely a top 10 player in the East. And when you look at the other teams that they're going to be competing with, because I think there are six locks, mm-hmm. the Raptors, the Bucks, the Celtics, the Nets, the Sixers, and the Heat. Say those again? Six locks to be Raptors. in the East. The Raptors, yeah. the Celtics, the Heat, the Sixers. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think I mentioned the Bucks. Is, and are, the Nets. are we sure to say Indiana's a lock? I didn't say Indiana. Oh, okay, because I don't know if so they're I, a lock. But I think there's such a well-rounded team that I, they'll end up making it. Yeah. But – so that means to me it's between Charlotte, Orlando, and um, Atlanta. I think with the, the missing Isaac for the season is going to really hurt Orlando. I don't think they get in. They yeah. were 11th in defense last year. That's probably going to drop. Easily. Charlotte was 25th in defense. Atlanta was 28th in defense. That's probably And Washington was 29th in defense. I don't, I don't see Westbrook bringing that up to probably like. I think Westbrook could bring it up just because last year they started Ish Smith. I think he could bring it up one. Two spots. I think Atlanta's defense is going to go up. Washington's defense is going to – I think Orlando's defense is going to drop tremendously because Isaac does so much on the defensive end, and I think they're probably going to come out. But I will say I think Washington easily – in terms of seeding, they can be a top six seed because, you know, teams take – team. Uh, they gave us the leeway to take off games this year. So Katie and Kyrie are going to take off a lot of games this year. Giannis is probably going to take off some games. Probably, probably not. He's probably going to play every game. When you talk, I mean, when the Eastern Conference, the Magic <laughs> and the Nets both made the playoffs without a winning record. And I think with this team, with the amount of spacing on this team, Westbrook could have them at least at a winning record. And if you can have a winning record in the East, you'll win. I, I'm still very hesitant to pick the Hawks because I think their defense, even with Capella, is going to be pretty bad. I really do. I, I think Trey Young is just a huge liability, and he's going to get hunted down. <laughs> on a consistent on a consistent basis, so I don't know. I just think I believe in Westbrook, and I th- still think he can play at an All Star. I think yeah, level. I think, I think looking at the teams, looking at Orlando, Atlanta, Charlotte, and uh, Washington, the only guy who's led a team, a bad team, is Westbrook. So I have to put my money on the guy who's done it before. Even he played well last year. He just had the knee injury. You know that messed him up a little bit. But I, I just don't see a situation. Or Westbrook misses the playoffs, especially with Bradley Bill, and they were in the playoffs. Well, they were in the hunt last year. So what were they? Twenty eight and thirty three and forty something last year. I don't know, but they were in the bubble in the playoffs. Yeah, they were like five games out of five hundred. I think Westbrook puts them up 10, 15 more games. And Westbrook's also said that he's going to make he what he's trying to do is make life easier for Bradley Bill, and he's trying to maximize the player that he is. And look, 
Westbrook last year with Harden played with the first leading scorer in the NBA and James mm-hmm. Harden. Now this year he's going to play with the second in Bradley Beal. And I think for Westbrook, it's much easier to play with Bradley Beal because Bradley Beal is nowhere near as ball dominant as James Harden. And Bradley Beal is really good at coming off the screens. He's a good spot-up shooter. He's going to be active on that side yep. of the ball when he's off the ball. So I think Westbrook gets to run his show. He gets to inflate his assist numbers up, and he gets to, and Bradley Beal's going to get his shots too. He knows, he knows, and and what people fail to get is Paul George's MVP season, and Paul George even the season before that he shot forty percent from the three point line, and that was him coming off screens and down pins, and that was Westbrook being the guy. Even during the M- Paul George's MVP season, he ran the show a little bit, but he also did a lot of that coming off down screens, and Westbrook was just being a passer. And I th- I can see that this year with more of the spacing they have, Westbrook just being a passer and because when he played with Paul George, you saw a lot of what we could see in Westbrook. You know, the stopping going, the change of direction, the pace. Like he had a little IQ then with knowing when to turn it up and when not to. So I see that in Washington with all the shooters, him knowing when not to and when to turn it up and all that. So I, I like this fit and I think they're gonna be a sleeper team in the East. I think so too. And I think Westbrook brings a sense of intensity to their team and leadership. And I think that's what a team like that needs. And I think it's good that they traded John Wall because John Wall is not a sure thing. You don't know how he's going to come back. So to trade John Wall for an MVP caliber player in Westbrook at his best, I think it was a steal for them, to yeah, be Yeah, absolutely. So now we're going to talk about the next topic. Which offense are you most excited to watch this upcoming season? I think I know your answer. You got to go first because I, I have two answers. It was kind of like, uh, like I was I thinking think about it. The, mo- the ex- offense I'm most excited to watch is the Minnesota Timberwolves. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they'll make the playoffs or not, and I don't say that because I think the Timberwolves are bad. I say that because I think the West is just such a stacked conference. Right. And I know I had a Timberwolves in the comment section when we made that Anthony Edwards video yeah. talking about how we're sleeping on the Timberwolves. Well, you know, I'll keep sleeping because I don't think they're making <laughs> the playoffs. But I think they're going to be one of the most exciting teams to watch. Last year, they had the 11th-ranked offense. Now they're bringing in a point guard who's going to run the offense in Rubio right. and the number one pick in Anthony Edwards. They were 20th in assists, so Rubio's going to bring that up. And when I just think about the offense, I think of Malik Beasley, D'Lo, Cat, Jared Culver. I think he's going to make a jump this mm, year. Anthony guy. Edwards. And when I watch Hernan Gomez, is pretty good. He averaged, I think, 12 or 14 points per game in the 14 games that he played with them. When I look at their team, I saw D'Lo last year and Malik Beasley play a couple games together. They had great chemistry. Cat, mm-hmm. D'Lo, and Beasley all averaged 20-plus points in their time in Minnesota last season. So they're going to score a lot of points. They're going to be one of those teams that score 120 points a game and still lose because the other teams are going to score 125. <clears throat> but that's just I just think this offense is really it's going to be really dynamic. It's going to be exciting to watch. And I hope that there are some national TV games for them because I actually want to watch them. I know I'm, I'm going to have league pass anyway, mm. but I want to watch them without trying to, you know, watch <laughs> it through like a third-party app. I, I I was thinking about it when we were talking about the top stuff, and I actually ended up with three answers. So level with me with this one. My first pick is obviously the Warriors. I'm excited to see Steph Curry play. I'm excited to see him get him back. And I'm excited to see what that offense is going to be like. You know, Steph Curry, Kelly Oubre, Andrew Wiggins. I, I'm excited to see what Steph is going to show us and if he's going to – put that chip on his shoulder and take this team to the playoffs. And I really want to see it. 
because I didn't. I hate the criticism that he can't do it, and I think he can. He has the ability to. So I'm definitely excited to see that offense. Number two is obviously Brooklyn. I'm, I'm excited to get KD back. I'm excited to see KD and Kyrie. That team was a high-scoring team without him. So with getting KD back, I want to see what his game's going to look like. I want to see what Kyrie's going to look like with KD. I think those two guys are top three, top four best one-on-one scorers in the league with them them two and James Harden. So I want to see how this is going to translate. And then when they put out that Kyrie, Dinwiddie, Levert, KD lineup, that's 80 points right there. So I'm just interested to see how that's going to go. And then my third team is definitely Milwaukee. And I'm excited to see what Drew Holiday does for Giannis. You know, Eric Bledsoe, he was kind of he kind of played a lot of off ball, and they kind of had George Hill doing most of it. Now you get Drew Holiday, who's a better playmaker than Eric Bledsoe. He can hit a shot. He can take the mid-range. He can go out there. He can go to the basket. He can throw lobs. So I'm excited to see what Giannis is going to do with him and to see if he's in – because, he, you know, Giannis comes back every year with something new. So I'm definitely excited to see what he's going to come back with this year. Yeah, I agree. I think I'm excited to watch Brooklyn. I'm excited to watch Golden State, especially with Oubre and Wiggins. I think they're going to take a step, especially Oubre. I, I yeah. really believe in Oubre's I like, game. I like him. And the Bucks. I mean, how are they going to look with Drew Holiday? It's going to look. I think they'll look better. I think Giannis will have a better shot coming into this year as well. The only reason I didn't pick them was because I felt like that's like a given. <laughs> like I know, like I know, I want to watch Katie and Kyrie. I know I want to watch Steph. I know I want to watch. Giannis. Well, I couldn't tell you Atlanta again because I'll just be. Yeah, you know. <laughs> but the thing about Minnesota, I think they're a team that is not going to be very good, but it's going to be very exciting. Yeah, and I even outside of the players, I mean, you probably never heard this guy, but like Jake Lehman, I think he's, he's from um, Maryland. Yeah, he's a pretty good offensive player. A he's a defender. We know that Nas Reed. I want to see what he does rookie year last year. Timberwolves fans love Nas Reed. Yeah, like they love yeah. Nas Reed. And fun fact, we've known about Nas Reed since we were like in. Middle school, yeah. like elementary school. Jersey. Yeah, he played for Team Azad with Javon Quinterly. They had like a, one of the, the stacked rosters. With the like Roselle. The, yeah, Jersey, man. Yeah, so we known about Najri for, for a while. It was, really, it was really surprising that he even went undrafted because he's a player who could – he's a stretch big. He I fits mean, this modern NBA. I'll give, you, I'll give you a team I'm excited for that I don't think I make the playoffs. I think Charlotte is going to be Charlotte's extremely, gonna be extremely excited with the three-point guard lineup. And I heard LaMelo La Ball is still growing. So that's going to be interesting. I think he's at 6'8 right now. So that's like him, Devontae Graham. You know, Devontae, he can spot up. He can be a you know a shooter just like Bradley Bill. Terry Rozier is going to hold the ball a lot. Not hold the ball. He's going to play ball maker a lot. Then you got Gordon Hayward who can also play make. He's going to be a shooter. He can score. P.J. Washington's a shooter. So I'm, Malik Monk, he started to get into his own towards the end of the season. So I'm really excited to see how Charlotte's going to – they've realized they have the young team. They have the young guys, you know, Devontae Graham, Malik Monk, Lamelo. So now I'm excited to see how they're going to put them all on the court. Miles Bridges was also really good down the stretch. So I'm excited to see Charlotte in terms of how the young guys are going to fit. I know they're not going to be a playoff team, but they're going to have a, like like last year. They're going to have a lot of exciting games early on. So I'm I'm I like I like that team. That's going to be a good team. And talking about Lamelo, we're about to talk about him right now. Lamelo Ball has looked exceptional in training camp. Yes, I don't sir. know if you've seen the footage, but. He's been throwing behind-the-back passes to Grant <laughs> Riller in training camp. And all of his teammates have been raving about his passing ability, even his coach. I mean, James Borrego, he talked about how he's a great playmaker. Devontae Graham has talked about it. Terry Rozier has talked about it. One of the Martin twins has talked about it. I don't know which one because I, I really, I'm not an expert at it's, telling um, twins C- apart. Cody. Cody's the better one. 
All right, I don't know who it was. It was just their face. So oh, yeah, I, don't, I don't know, I don't how, know to, how to you, differentiate. They the they, two. they wear different um, gear, so you have to figure out who's who in the yeah, gear. Yeah, I don't know who it was, but even in the footage where he was shooting around with Gordon Hayward, he looked like he was keeping up, even though his jump shot. He, people criticize his jump shot a lot. I think Lamelo's getting slept on this season. I think people. I think he probably should have went number one. To be honest, I think he should have went number one to Minnesota. I, I believe in his potential a lot. And I think it was a steal that Charlotte got him. I don't think Charlotte was expecting to get him. I thought they were expecting to get Weisman. James Wiseman. Yeah, I thought I definitely thought Wiseman was going to fall to three. You know, Lamelo, and it, it's great for them because not only does Lamelo bring star potential to their team, but he's box office already. Everybody's going to tune in and watch Lamelo. Their ticket sales are going to well, not tickets because they don't even have an, they don't. We're not going to have fans. Maybe like the virtual tickets are going to go up. Jersey sales are going up. It's just bringing a, an excitement to Charlotte that. Honestly, since I've watched the team, it's never really been there. Um, I, You know, it's crazy because, like, I feel like when people go overseas, it's like they come back and they're a whole different guy. Like, their mindset is whole above the world. Their IQ is ahead of the game. And I feel like that's what the overseas guys teach you. They don't teach you the athletic stuff. They teach you about IQ, what's on the court, you know, skills. And I think LaMelo is going to – he's coming in. He's already five, ten steps ahead of the rookies that he's with right now, his class. So I feel like he's going to come in. He's going to impact the game. And it may not be in points. He may be a little inefficient. He was a little inefficient in Australia. But I feel like in terms of assist, rebounding, knowing right passes, relay passes, all that good stuff, knowing where to put the ball, setting up one guy to another, I feel like he's going to be there in terms of, like, knowing the game, processing the game. So I'm interested to see that. Going number one, though, you think he should have went number one? I, I would have picked the number one. That's just my opinion. I think he was the best prospect. Yeah, I, I just I feel like Minnesota went fit instead of prospect and potential. I feel like they would have they went fit. I think Golden State did that too. But yeah, I probably would have put in terms of potential. He's already taller than Anthony Edwards, so and he's a one. I mean, Lamelo, he's going to be a very intriguing guy I mean, to they watch. They can they can play Lamelo at the one to three because Hayward can slide to the four, stretch four. Mm-hmm. I think the best thing about the Hornets and their team right now for LaMelo is that LaMelo is not put in a position like Killian Hayes to right. run the offense early because there's so many playmakers on the Hornets. You have Terry, you have Devontae Graham, even Gordon, Gordon Hayward to an extent. So you got guys that are going to set up LaMelo for easy baskets and kind of show him the way. Yep. I know Derrick Rose is doing that to an extent with Killian Hayes, but not as much mentorship is going on there that's going on in Charlotte with LaMelo. And this is just another question. Do you think that he's going to live up to the hype? Do you, th- you think? Do you see an all-star yeah. appearance in his career? Yeah. Do you ever think he'll be a top-10 player? Just what's your opinion on that? I just think, like, the point guard position is just so stacked. And, like, with the guys, the guy we're going to talk about later, he's coming in here soon. And even Jalen Suggs is on his way. You know, Mikey Williams is going to be on his way soon. LeBron James. It's going to be, like, the next cream of, like, we're going to see a lot of guards in this league, they're going to be dominant. But I think with LaMelo, I think I'm always going to bank on the big guy. So with LaMelo's size, and he's, I think he'll end up, he can end up being better than the Ben Simmons because he can shoot. And that was the problem with Ben Simmons. He can, He's not confident in his shot. So I think LaMelo can definitely be a superstar in the league. I think he could definitely <laughs> be a superstar in the league. I see it. Like I, you, Since, like, you shouldn't, didn't sound that <laughs> co- convinced. Nah, you know, I didn't at first. Right? I was uh I see it. Like I see, I see the tools. He has. Let me say this. He has the tools and the potential to be a superstar. Can he do it in Charlotte? It's going to be up to the front office to get him there and get him the pieces to make it look like he's a superstar. But he has all the talent in the world to be a superstar. 
Yeah, I agree. I think he does have all the tools, and he's in a good position with Charlotte. Even though they overpaid for Gordon Hayward, <laughs> he was still a good acquisition for them. They weren't going to get another free agent anyway, so it was good that they got him. It was better than Montrezl Harrell, to be honest. Oh, easily. So I think LaMelo will live up to the hype. I think it's to, rookie of the year is between him and Wiseman to me. I think, and, and Toppin is there too, but I think it's between Lamelo, <laughs> Lamelo, Wiseman, and Toppin. I, I see that. <laughs> I think, and you know what's crazy? I, I like a I like a rookie who can build their own name, and I think Charlotte is a place where he can literally solidify it as his city and make it his. Like the same with um, what what Dirk did with Dallas, where Katie and Westbrook did with Seattle turned OKC. I think he can really make that his, like what LeBron did with Cleveland. Not like that, but like you know. He can make Charlotte his and turn it into his dynasty. He can do what he needs to do. He has the freedom to be who he is, and I, I like that from him. And I think with his father now being kind of like out the way, it's going to give him room to be that player. So next player we're going to talk about is a rookie, too. Oh, shout out to Leandro. I think he's going to make the team. Yeah, I think so, too. <laughs> so talking about the Pistons, you're talking about Leandro, Killian Hayes, the first-round pick point guard. There was a clip that surfaced of him and Derrick Rose talking and looked like Derrick Rose was mentoring Killian Hayes. Derrick Rose, they asked him about it in an interview, and he said that he feels like it's his, it's his job to mentor Killian Hayes, and his job is to just try to get him ready, yep. play aggressive with him because that's how players in the league are going to play against him because he's, from, he's, from, he's a player over, overseas. And I think Killian Hayes has a lot of potential. Mm-hmm. And Derrick Rose has said this, Killian Hayes is a smaller guard and – Derrick Rose has seen point guards in a league right now that they're like 6'5 now. And he's even said that he thinks in the next couple of years, they're going to be like 6'8. And you see that. I mean, we have Ben Simmons, point guard, LaMelo, Lonzo still there, tall point guard. Cade Cunningham is coming in. So the league is turning. There are going to be tall point guards in yep. the league now. And, but I still think Killian Hayes has a shot to be a really good player in the league. He's projected to start. Mm, yeah. Already off the bench. So D. Rose so, is coming off the bench. Yeah, so he's projected. He's going to start. They said he's going to start. And I like his game. He's smooth in the pick and roll. He has a nice jump shot. He can get to the basket. He's a pretty good passer. I don't know if it's, he's going to be ready right now, but I think he definitely has the potential to be one of the better prospects in this draft. I want to say, like, shout out to Derrick Rose. Everybody know that's one of my, like, favorite players ever. His growth as a mentor and a player after all those injuries, has definitely been really impressive. Like, he's now, like, pro-life. He's all about the spirit and all that good stuff. You should see his Instagram. It's hilarious. He makes, like, one, like, two-page post. Talk about how good life is and all that. But um, this is, I think this is great because you got a guy coming in, a rookie. He's Like I said before, he has the IQ. He played overseas. I think he won a chip over there or they went to the championship. But he um he has that he has the IQ. He's a little a, a step ahead of the game in terms of skill athletically, you get a guy who was one of, still is probably one of the most athletic guards in the league, but he was the top two most athletic guards ever. You get that guy coming in, an MVP, a guy who's going to mentor you. He's seen the rise and the fall of the league. He's been through injuries and all that. So you get a guy who can mentor you on how to just learn how to be an NBA player, learn how to live the life, learn how to become better in your craft, and like he's like you said, there's big guards coming in. Like there's, and I think Killian, what is he? Six three, six four. Six. He might be six two, six three. And if D Rose is telling you a little guard, that should be troubling because he's about six three. So yeah. yeah. So if he's telling you a little, and he's he's not that he's big, but he's not big big. So I think this is gonna actually. Def- they say Killian Hayes is six five. So one seventy six. Oh okay. He's, he's one seventy six. Okay, he's frail then. 
Okay, so yeah. I think this is going to be great for Killian Hayes, though, because you get you get a guy who won the MVP. He was before the injuries. He was going to be the face of the league. He was next up. He was Steph Curry before Steph Curry. So you get a guy who's going to teach you the ropes, going to teach you how to play. And this is a guy who still can attack the basket like one of the best of them. So I think this is going to help Killian Hayes' game because I think one of his weaknesses was he's not a strong finisher. So Derrick Rose is definitely going to improve his game a lot. And I think for Detroit, this is a good step moving forward. That's crazy though, because. Killian on film looks like he's about six two. Really? Yeah, six two, six three. He's probably small. Yeah, I didn't even. He's really skinny. That's probably why. But he's six five, so he's one of those taller guards. And I think he he didn't shoot too well overseas, but I think his jump shot looks good. It looks like he's going to be a pretty good shooter in the NBA. And just the Pistons draft overall, I really like that. I, I like Sadiq Bay out of Villanova. Me too. He's a good three and I like the, wing defender. the young guy they have last year, Siku Dumboya. Dumboya. Yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. I like, he's a great defender. I like him. Yeah, he brings a lot of energy. They also they they signed Jeremy Grant. So like this, their projected starting lineup. They're projected they starting lineup. Big team. Yeah, it, it, I think it's Blake Griffin, Mason Plumley, Killian Hayes, Jeremy Grant, Who's and two? Delon Wright. They they got Delon Wright. I think he'll be a pretty good mentor too because he's a, one of the he's a bigger guard. Yeah. He's not like a star player, but he's a pretty he was, solid he was, player. He was on those uh, Raptors teams that make D runs. So he's he's a good player. It's going to be good. I don't know what they're going to do with these all these centers and power forwards, but I definitely liked. I, I felt like I gave their draft a B plus. I liked their draft. They I got felt. Isaiah Stewart too out of Washington. Yeah, he's he's more of a um, stretch five type of guy. So I I like their team in terms of the projection. They realize that they're going to be bad. They're going to tank. They're probably going to let go of Blake Griffin soon. They're probably going to trade. These bigs are probably just guys to get in the roster. But I like the Jeremy Grant acquisition. I think Killing Hayes is going to be really good. There. I think he can sneaky win rookie of the year given the proper opportunities. There's not a lot of spacing on the court, but there's a lot of pick and roll opportunity. I, that was his best asset was his pick and roll game. So I think this so is going to be Blake Griffin out of work perfectly. Yeah, pick and pop. Jeremy Grant, that's going to work too. I, Mason Plumlee is also not that bad. So I think this is going to be perfect for him, honestly. It just all depends on uh... – on how efficient most of these point guards are. I mean, I know point guards, it takes them a while to get settled in. It really just depends on how efficient they're going to be. Because yeah. if they're not efficient, they're not going to win the award. We even yeah. see R.J. Barrett, he, just because of his efficiency, he, he didn't, didn't even make, make the rookie yeah. team. So we'll see. I think Killian has a lot of potential. Do I think he'll like he'll he'll be like a first-team all-rookie this season? I'm not entirely know. sure. But I think, I think he definitely has a lot of potential. I think this class is, we need patience with this class. I think we're going to need a lot of patience and time with this class because it's going to take a while to evaluate them because this is the first class out the, uh, you know, out COVID and this is the first class that's going to witness the new NBA. So it's going to be a little different for them. So we just have, we need patience with them. That's all. Yeah, I would have loved if Killian went to the Knicks. That's <laughs> who I wanted, honestly. Yeah. But I'm fine with Obi, to be honest. But okay. Now we're gonna go. We're gonna talk about a talk about young players. We're gonna talk about a young team now. Which young team do you think is going to have the most success over the next five years? And the Mavericks are not one of those. They're actually one of the oldest teams in the league. But I can't use them though. You can't because they're not a young team. These are the young teams. These are the one, two, three, four, five. These are the top six young teams. So one of these teams, the Timberwolves are the youngest. The Hornets, the Grizzlies, the Knicks. Denver and the Pelicans. Which team do you think is going to have the most success? Oh, well, I'm going to start by saying Timberwolves. I would have picked them if they had their pick next year. But since it's top three protected, I don't know if they're going to be top three bad. And if they don't get that pick, they're going to, then I wouldn't pick them. I think I'm going to have to go with the Pelicans. 
And I'm going to go with the Pelicans because out of all six of those teams, Zion is, if healthy, is going to be the best out of those out of any player that we just – out of all those teams. And I think with that being said, Brandon Ingram is also there. And I'm not too – I wasn't too high on him last year, but I see the potential that everybody sees. I still think he has room to grow. I, I still think he has time to improve, but I do like him as a scorer for them when – because until Zion becomes that. But I think with those two there, Jackson Hayes, I feel like he can be a good centerpiece when the time is right. Steven Adams is going to bulk him up, get him better. I think they're probably going to not make the playoffs this year, so another pick is going to come in. They get one of those highlighted guys we talked about, Jalen Green or Jalen Suggs or whatever, Brandon Boston or Terrence Clark, whatever of them. And then they keep improving. I feel like Bledsoe is going to probably be gone eventually. Lonzo Ball can still be a good point guard. He's still young. He still has time. So with that being said, Nico Alexander-Walker still has time. I'm going to go with the the Pelicans because I feel like Zion, just the potential of Zion is so intriguing that you can't pick any other team. I'm going with the Pelicans, but I'm, my, my second pick would have been the Grizzlies. Yeah. So I'm either going with Ja or Zion is one of those. I think they had a pretty good draft. Desmond Bain, I like him. Jaron Jackson, I think he, can, he could be a star. Ja Moran, we know what he is. But I'm going to go with the Pelicans too. Just looking at their team and the players on it, Zion is 20. Lonzo's 23. BG is 23. Jackson Hayes is 20. That was BG. Brandon, oh, oh, BG. Oh, my fault. <laughs> Brandon, like, Ingram, Brandon Ingram, B.I. So, Kira Lewis is 19. Alexander Walker is 22. Josh Hart is 25. They have a young team, and now Steven Adams is there. I mean, they got better from last season. Mm-hmm. Now your starting lineup is probably, you know, I'll check the projected starting lineup on ESPN. Bledsoe's going to start? They have Bledsoe and Lonzo starting. I wouldn't do that. I'd, I'd put Lonzo and J.J. That's That was my, that would be my oh, starting JJ lineup. Oh, J.J. is still on the team. I'd be I put Lonzo, JJ, Ingram, Zion, and Adams. Steven Adams, I think he could probably teach Jackson Hayes a couple of things. Jackson Hayes could be a good center. I think he could be a good pick and roll guy, catch lobs, play good defense. That's who I think he could be. So you have JJ, Bledsoe, Adams for that mentorship. And they have 14 first round picks in the next seven drafts. Mm. So they basically have two first round picks per draft. I know some of the drafts they have like three first round picks. So they have picks to potentially make a deal and trade for like a second superstar player. And they have a lot of young players to even make a deal like that yep. too. You know, I still like Lonzo. Do I think he'll be like an all-star? I don't. I don't see it no more. But if you got Brendan Ingram and Zion Williamson going forward, I think I think he can have that, that um, Draymond Green impact. And what I mean by that is like he, he's their best defender. He's their best playmaker. And with Bledsoe coming in, he can teach him some things. So I think that's going to – Lonzo doesn't need to be an all-star for them to be the championship team. He just needs to be really good and really efficient at what he does. And if he he's, he's he worked on his jump shot, it's gotten better. So he can hit an efficient clip now. But I think with the 14 draft picks, they're going to have cap eventually. I know they just signed Steven Adams. I guess that's for a trade eventually. So they just re-signed him. And with all them young players, I didn't even know Josh Hart was still that young. I thought he was like 27. But now that you told me Josh Hart was 25, that's another guy. So this team, and like my second pick was going to be either the Grizzlies or Atlanta. It was going to be really on John Morant or Trey Young's projection. And I like John Morant's projection just because of his effort on defense and the fact that he's, in terms of like head-to-head, he's going to go at you and play defense on you. And that's a guy you need 
to run your franchise, especially in Memphis where they're known for their grit and grind era and they're known for their tough grittiness. John Morant fits perfectly for Memphis. And I feel like with Atlanta, Trey Young, he's the highlight reel, but it's still too many question marks. With John Morant, I don't hear many question marks about him. You know what you're going to get. You know who he is. And I feel like he's the next guy to be the great if Zion isn't healthy. So that's that would probably be my second pick too, though. When I look at the Pelicans roster, I see a bunch of older players that are very similar to the younger players they have. Like Eric Bledsoe, I think he, he's literally he's like, Lonzo Ball. Not only that, but I think Kara Lewis Jr. Oh, yeah. is like kind of Eric Bledsoe-esque. Yeah, he really yeah. fast, can get yeah, downhill. Yeah, he's extremely fast. And then you have Jackson Hayes, Stephen Adams mentoring him. And J.J. has talked... He's he's talked the world about Nikhil Alexander Walker. He thinks mm. he's going to be really good. Yeah, and I've even seen Walker play. I think he's pretty good. I he don't is. know. I, I never. He didn't look too good in the NBA games, but he was pretty good in the summer league. No, he's good. He's just in his time. He's like he's Shaw's cousin. Yeah. Yes, sir. So yeah. So I mean, I think that the Pelicans definitely have the brightest future in the next five years. I mean, you talked about the Timberwolves. I don't see what they're going to be. The Hornets, if Lamelo's like a superstar, then yeah. The Knicks are the Knicks. <laughs> I think these, the second team would be Denver, but I think they're getting into that phase where all their cap is going. They just lost Jeremy Grant. They have to sign they Jokic. They just re-signed Monte Morris. Yeah, they're, they're going to sign Jokic to a long-term extension. They're going to sign Michael Porter Jr. probably. Exactly. So their cap is going to probably be gone. They don't have many assets. So that's why I wouldn't pick them. I think the Pelicans are definitely going to be one of the best teams yep, in the I, next five years that are young. I agree. So now our last topic of the episode we're going to talk a little bit about Cade Cunningham because he's been lighting the world on fire in the college world. Right now, he has OSU at 5-0. and He's averaging 20 points, 5 rebounds, 4 assists, shooting 50% from the field and 38, I mean, and uh, 47% from three with an 86% free throw percentage. I mean, I think everybody can see it. He's, he's going to be the number one pick in the draft, no doubt about it. Man, I've been... Uh, I've been raving about this guy since his junior year of high school. He is literally the best. It was him and Imani Bates was the two best prospects in high school. Imani Bates is crazy. He's, he's yeah, what yeah. But Cade Cunningham and I, I, I don't get. I guess people keep thinking Jalen Green's gonna be number one, and I like Jalen Green, but I don't know what he looks like because you know he's in the G League. They haven't played yet, and when we when I seen him before. He was skinny. He had a lot of explosiveness, but you could see him kind of getting pushed around a lot because of his frame. With Cade Cunningham, you see him in college. He's bulked up. He has a, a a patience to the game that's not like that's Jason Kidd like. Like his patience is so advanced, and he he's got his jump shot as you said. His jump shot that was his weakness. He knows when to go. He knows when to go off. He knows when to take over a game. This guy is the next superstar coming up. And there should everybody. Should, I mean, the tanking rule, they didn't fix that. Anybody can get the number one pick at this point in the lottery. But I think if you get the number one pick, there should be no debating. There should be no questioning. He is the number one pick in next year's draft. The next three drafts, if he was in any of them, honestly. I mean, yeah, Cade Cunningham, is six, he's a 6'8 point guard. He's 220 pounds. And last year, OSU went 18 and 14, and the year before, they went 12 and 20. He has, <laughs> he has them at 5 and 0 already. And I hope that the Knicks land this guy because <laughs> the, the Knicks have to land a guy like, look, if we get Jalen Suggs, Jalen Suggs or Cunningham, we need a point guard. But you were right. When I watch him, he plays with such a patience. He has a great feel for the game. 
And I've seen some pro comparisons. They say Grant Hill. They say Luca too. They say Ben Simmons, like a smaller Ben Simmons. But I honestly feel like he's kind of like a Ben Simmons with a jump shot. I don't think he's that he's as great as a defender, and I don't think he's as natural as a passer. But I think like when it comes to just the point guard position, I see him like being similar to Ben Simmons. But I also as a scorer, I see him having like kind of a Jason Tatum kind of yeah. like game in his scoring and like a Tobias Harris like He's like slow but fast. You yeah, know? like he's just really poised. He knows how to pick his spots. And what I like about him is that he's not the best shooter, but he takes shots that are there. Yeah. And he knows when to take shots. He's not just gonna chuck shots. He can get to the basket anytime he wants. And I mean, damn, when you talk about a six eight point guard, like you just can't get better than that. That's probably like the next great no, point guard. You think about six eight, you think of versatility. And he's not like he's not Ben Simmons like defense, but he can play defense. So being six eight, you can probably guard one through four. He's bulking up. He's already at two twenty. He wasn't he was at like two oh five going into college. So he's bulked up. His handles are there. His jump shot is getting there. So he's already coming out of college ahead of Ben Simmons in terms of the jump shot. And the thing about it, all these point guards are coming out looking like Ben Simmons, but they're already ahead of Ben Simmons in the jump shot form. You look at LaMelo, he has a better jump shot. Cade Cunningham, he has a better jump shot. So it's like you would want the guy with the jump shot, the less defense. So I think this guy is going to be a guy that teams are going to be trading. Like I'm talking about if you get the number one pick, teams are going to be trading up to try to get him because he's really going to change the aspect of the league. He's going to come in and dominate. Not dominate, but he's going to come in and contribute from day one. And if the Knicks do get him, shout out to you guys. I mean, I hope we get him, but... I mean, I got him in 2K when I did it. Me too. League. I always get him in 2K. Yeah, <laughs> I got Cade. Because in my 2K league, I got I got Cade, I got RJ. You keep RJ. I asked for too much money. I signed Duncan Robinson. Mm-hmm. I have Mitch. I still have Noel. I have Obi, of course. Oh, I, I traded for Buddy Hill. So my okay. lineup is that's Buddy. That's what he said on Twitter. Let's get Buddy. Yeah. <laughs> my lineup is now, nah, but that's actually a trade the Knicks want to do. Oh, for real? Yeah, they want to get Buddy for Randall and Nilakina, but the Kings want to pick too. That's a good deck. Yeah. Yeah, I like so that. So my lineup was Cade, Buddy, RJ, Obi, and Mitch. And you know what's crazy? Like, he plays in the um, Big 12. So when he plays like Kansas or like Texas, that's when I'm really going to tune in. Because, you know, these five games, they're good five games, but I want to see what you do against the ranked teams. Like, Teams that are like, you know, that has another freshman on their team that's going to kind of show you who you really are. So it's going to be interesting to see down the stretch when he gets in the conference play, what is he going to do? But I'm all sold in on Kate Cunningham as the number one pick. Yeah, I'm so too. And that's going to be it for this episode Ooh. of the Pick Aside podcast. This was a long episode. It was a pretty heated debate. <laughs> I, I can still see the the fumes coming out of Riv's head right now. Nah, I just it's for the show, man. I love it. Joel's still my guy after, man. So okay, so <laughs> this is gonna do it for this episode of the Pick Aside Podcast. Like always, you can find us on Instagram and TikTok at Pick Aside Podcast. You can find us on Twitter at Pick Aside Pod. We have a Patreon as well. It's called Pick Aside Podcast. And you guys, if you guys are watching the stream, please like. And share so we can hopefully grow this thing. So I'm just going to ask you to press the red button when, you know, I say my piece. So thank you for watching and see you next time.